one and a two and a three and a four and a geeks, Bones. geeks, geeks, geeks. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of Geeks. Geeks, geeks. The world's number one entertainment podcast recorded in this very room. The Tessellate Haunted. Hey, right. I've done that one twice now. I need to update my dialogues. Uh, recorded right here <laughs> in Venice, Los Angeles. Every week we pack seven days of video game, movie, entertainment news into a single toe-curling digital show for your convenience and your enjoyment if you want to keep up to date with what we're doing. Follow us on all the social medias at We Are Tessellate, two S's, two L's. Our new website is now in beta and it'll be up by our next episode. That's exciting. Uh, again, We Are Tessellate, two S's, two L's. And we are now on iTunes. Uh, this is it. Whoop, whoop. You can hear that subscribe button. I don't have my headphones on. It feels weird. don't like it. Do you don't have do headphones, it? but we do have donuts. We do have donuts, which I like Delicious. headphones. Yeah. In almost you every way, but none. <laughs> um, yeah, so go on iTunes. Just uh, You can type in Geeks. We'll come up on UK geeks. and oh, on US. <laughs> but um, if you, I think we're like, I don't know, we're a few down because obviously we're just on there. So we need to start climbing with subscribes. So please... It will help us out. If you listen to this right now, it won't take a second. Just and you can iTunes. listen to our back catalogue. You can listen to everything. There's like 20 episodes nearly amazing now. amazing we were from the get-go. I don't know. I mean, this is 17, but we've got some specials. You can follow that journey. It's your evolution. Um, yeah, really if you're having trouble finding it, just type in Tessellate. Sorry. Just type in Tessellate <laughs> on iTunes and we're right at the top, obviously. Uh, yeah, give us a, please do subscribe and, uh, and follow us on Twitter as well so we can retweet. We need them followers. Um, and you can also go on YouTube as of now. We are Tessellate as well. Just put that in and uh, look at all our video content. And as of next week, we'll have videos of all of our podcasts again every week, always. Time to put the clothes back on, guys. No. I don't no. know how I people feel wanna, about that. <laughs> people want to see it, how we are. Honest selves. They want to see our microphones. Um, as always, we won't ask for your money. We'll never push sponsored product on you. We'll never enable ads on YouTube or jobs. That we make movies and we do this because... We want money. <laughs> Ultimately for money. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm your host, Al White. I used to dress up as a crow every year for Halloween. I once drank an entire bottle of whiskey to get out of a socially awkward situation and then never touched a drop again. And no matter how hard I try, I find it hard to grow stubble on the little landing strip from my bottom lip to below my chin. Hmm. The you landing see? strip? See the little, landing strip. See how trouble. A bit of wear and tear there, Al. Joining me today, <laughs> to my left, Banjo-Kazooie, Alexander Chard. Woo, 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 woo. To my right, nuts and bolts, Nate Hurts. Mm. Bolty. This is episode 17. 17. 17. 17 is an um, ancient number. Well, not an ancient number, but a number that the Greeks said... Uh, Oh, stop there. Stop there. there. You picture. don't know where you're going, do <laughs> you? You're just, you're just going to keep pushing no, no. out to It's see. a number that the Greeks thought was very special because it represented the 17 planets of the solar system. Are there 17 planets of the solar There's system? There's not. <laughs> and that is a complete lie that I made up. I believe very it. Very good. I was with you. Nate um, was onto it. I think what 17, 17 does mean, it means this yeah. podcast is now of legal age to be interviewed by the police without adult consent, to drive most types of vehicle in the UK with a full license and proper insurance. Apply for a private pilot's license for a plane, helicopter, gyroplane, hot air balloon, or an airship, and leave its body for medical study if it dies. Airship being like a blimp? Yeah, like yep. a blimp. Proper, insu- proper insurance being like uh, insurance that came dressed appropriately to <laughs> yeah. the ball. It's, and got like, it's got its tie proper. on. Proper. Yeah. Bearded insurance. It's Hi, the, I'm insurance. It speaks, Stately insurance. It speaks to family members before being introduced to another Royal female. Royal insurance. <laughs> I'll say another female. Um, guys. How you been? What's going on? We're just past Halloween. Halloween was, where are we today? A couple of days ago, anyway. 
Um, what do you guys get up to for Halloween? <laughs> I I didn't participate in anything uh, spooky, uh, spooky or special. Uh, yeah, Bethany was working, and I stayed at home. I think I started playing Uncharted. Too. I think you did. You sent me a text. Yeah, of yeah. A I gamepad, st- an yeah. Uncharted sweater or t-shirt, uh, t-shirt for me, and three. the game, the Nathan Drake collection. Yeah, so I started playing that, and then picked Bethany up when she finished work early, and we watched some movies. What do you watch? Uh, I can't remember actually Oh no, we didn't watch movies She painted Because she'd had some candy And she went crazy On a sugar rush For a little, <laughs> sure. for a little while And then decided to Sort of uh, uh, Combat that by painting um, Combat while, by while painting While I kept playing the game And then I think we watched um, American Horror Story mm-hmm. On the new series uh, No, the last one The carnival one. Oh, oh I have a friend in that Do you? Yeah Yeah, cool he plays, he's like the handsome dude, Finn Whitrock. Or no, oh, he plays really? like the ah, young. Yeah, 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 I think I know. Yeah. yeah. Cool. He's a good looking guy. He's a good looking guy. I mean, I don't like that show much, to be honest. But yeah. I'm, any I'm, of the I haven't liked any of the series. Well, no, I've watched a bunch of the first, mm. and I watched nearly all of the carnival one, yeah. but most because Katie was into them. And for me, they're just so six, seven out of ten shows. Like, if at its best, it's a seven out of ten show. I just don't like it. Yeah, yeah it, it is. I definitely agree. But I, I, I don't know. It's watchable. I, I find it myself getting watchable. hooked into yeah, it pretty quickly. Sure. It's a good concept. Yeah, I do series. like that concept of using the same cast and sort of changing yeah, yeah. the premise That's of the cool. story. That's cool. I just don't find many. I don't find any. I haven't had a horror TV show. I mean, I know The Walking Dead is pretty great. I don't love mm. it as much as most people, but there aren't many good horror TV shows. Uh, and we watched Walking Dead, actually. Oh, yeah? Fear yeah. or the original? Uh, original. The new original. We're like three episodes in. Would you consider yeah. Alfred Hitchcock presents like a horror series yeah i would I feel like that might be the I best would. and then the problem with horror is that yeah like the further away you get from it then it becomes not horror anymore because it's not shocking anymore but i think it's still horror if its intentions were horror yeah i would just yeah. might not scare you anymore yeah right it's a little more like psychologically subdued yeah mm-hmm. i definitely think everything hitchcock did to a degree was horror pretty much yeah Indeed. Uh, do you have anything else to sign this week? Uh, this week, I shot my first print commercial for a leading car manufacturer. It's oh. Japanese. Oh, Jesus. But I can't say. <laughs> Is it Honda? No. Go Is it all. Toyota? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is really cool. We were shooting out on this like ranch uh, where there were ostriches who were part of the shoot. Oh, yeah. You had to act with ostriches. Did yeah. one of them touch you inappropriately or were they pretty hands-off? Uh, I'd rather not say. Okay. For his sake. Oh. Um, so, yeah, did that. Did you ruffle some tail feathers? Ooh. Literally and figuratively? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> feathers were ruffled. <laughs> uh, so, that was fun. That was really fun, actually. And then, yeah, just a chilled out weekend. I will say about Halloween, though, it was very cool for me because it's not really celebrated. It's not really, well, not celebrated, but uh, people don't participate uh, in Halloween in Australia the same the same way they do here. I think it's the same in England, right? Yeah. It's not it's yeah. not an overly big thing. Sadly. So it was it was cool seeing like all these houses made up with you know all spooky houses and then kids going around in their costumes. Yeah, that was awesome. Did you get many trick or treaters in Australia? No, no, here. Here. Uh, like well, well, our place is behind a place. Oh, so, that's yeah, right. So no yeah, one yeah, no yeah. one came and knocked on our door, which is good because I had no candy. Um but it was great it's to see. Had eaten it yeah, exactly. <laughs> At one point, though, and this was still uh, when the sun was still out. It was just hitting uh, sunset afternoon. There was a guy standing on our street in sort of like um, one of those full. What are those suits called? Like a mechanic wears. Right, right. Like like overalls. Overalls, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, smeared in blood. He had a sort of 
blood-stained mask on, whether it was a hockey mask or some sort of mask, um, and a big bloody machete. And he was just standing in the middle of our street and he'd point the machete at cars as they went past. <laughs> and, and Bethany and I sort of looked at him and tried not to make eye contact and then turned around and he was just looking at us as we walked up the street. And it was like, amazing. keep fucking walking. That's awesome. That's yeah, so, yeah, it was pretty cool. That guy had a good time. Before we get on to Nate, tell us a little bit about your feelings of Uncharted. Because this uh, is your first time, so okay. just clarify. You've never played Uncharted before. Never played Uncharted, so... I told you, skip the first one. Skip, I did Go that. Go straight to number two. Um, yeah, so obviously I'd seen a lot of, I'd heard a lot about it. I knew its sort of kind of impact. Um, and you were at E3, so you saw the And then saw, the, yeah, the fourth one. And then, as you know, Al, that game we talked about in the E3 special blew my mind. Like I thought it was, I'd never seen a game that was so like cinematic and especially the bits that were like in-game bits that they were yeah. showing. They're like the, the, the sort of fluidity of the, the movement and the story. And it was like, wow, how can you be playing that? Like, it looks like you're watching a movie. Awesome. So yeah, jumped into Uncharted 2. Um, the first bit, the first comment I have to make is that going from games that have been remastered from the previous console for the newer consoles mm-hmm. is a bit jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just because I've gotten used to, you know, this this generation's games, so to kind of go back, even with remastered games, it can yeah, it can be a bit jarring. The best sort of remastered game for me is Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Um, well, but, to be fair, to, I mean, because Grand Theft Auto was it had been out for about a year and a half before it got remastered. Yeah. The Uncharted Two is seven years old. Right. That, okay. In video game terms, that's a, that's an yeah, old absolutely. Game. And yeah. I but I, f- I feel also Grand Theft Auto. Um, in a way, is a bit sort of cartoonish, so it it allows itself to kind of, you know, yeah. you can you, taking it the next step up. It, it can still look yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's characterized. Still, yeah, whereas it's, like it's quite. It's not real, but it's very. I mean, the beauty of it is definitely the fidelity of it is definitely a big part of Uncharted. So yeah, seven years on, the fidelity is obviously not there. Not there, but then you know, once you know, getting into the game and the 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 storytelling and the structure of the story and how it plays out and how you, how you participate in that. Yeah, it it sort of it, it was a bit slow getting into. I was really surprised at how many gunfights there were. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there, there were just some of them I felt <clears throat> early on dragged a little bit. I was like, oh, I'm just I, I didn't realize I'd just be killing so many people like you had said in the previous <laughs> yeah. episode. And it's like you said also he's this incredibly sort of likable character, super witty um and then he's just a mass murderer. You <laughs> just find him just killing all these people. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but then, yeah, it just it just developed and it grew, and um, and I can see that progression now. And for, yeah, for a game seven years ago to have that sort of fluidity and like cinema style action, especially the bit that did it for me was when uh, you're on the train, yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. jumping from car to car, oh, and yeah, it's yeah. like the world's going past it, and it's just beautiful. It's incredible. The structure of it is cool as well. Like, I still so when we replayed it a couple of weeks ago. It's still like the opening of Uncharted 2. I love personally. I love yeah, that opening. Yeah. And I love it opening with him just fucked like that. And yeah, I thought that was really cool. And, stuff. and then you don't know how he got to that point, And then mm-hmm. you go back in time to gradually piece it together. And you're about three quarters away through the game before you see yeah. how he got to that point. And then, yeah, like, oh, yeah, the, the fidelity of it's off a little bit. But just still the weird and the characters and the dialogue and stuff. Like, because I was saying to Katie, he's like, oh, God, I, I hope Alex does like this because I don't see how he couldn't because the character's essentially Han Solo meets Indiana Jones. Yeah, only, yeah. I wouldn't say better than those characters, 
But by the time, and not in the second one, but by the time you get to the end of the third one, he has more depth than those characters. Mm -hmm. Like, they put quite a lot of pathos into him in the third one, yeah. which makes you really appreciate he's a man with a problem and an addiction. And they kind of dip their toes in the dark side of that a lot in the third one, and they make him quite sad. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he's, he's a brilliant character, which just carries character. everything. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and just great. Like, I, I feel... I feel... In, in playing it so far that I'm participating in something that goes outside of the game itself. Mm. Like I'm participating in, in the narrative of a film, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that, that's awesome. And I love games like that. And it's funny because now I can see the progression of having gone back and played the remastered version of uh, Tomb Raider, which I thought was great. Like I can see basically all that they've pinched from, from Uncharted and... Yeah. and well, when Uncharted 1 came out, that was the thing. It was basically doing a... Tomb Raider hasn't been good in a long time. We're going to yeah, make yeah. it good again. And they just stole from Tomb Raider, but then dropped off all the shit and you know made it something incredible. Yeah. And then Tomb Raider, by the time Uncharted 2 came out, I was like, oh, fuck, we need to do what they're doing. <laughs> and then yeah. kind of... But the problem that they've got... like The Tomb Raider game's great, but they've gone with pure on gritty, you yeah. know, serious. Everything's pretty depressing <laughs> all the time. Whereas Uncharted, there's definitely moments like that, but it's a fun adventure. Absolutely. You know, yeah. So I'm really enjoying it. I'm, um, I think I'm nearly finished. Well, yeah, from what you told me, I'm you're up in the, you're near the village. The I'm just mm -hmm. blowing up a big tank. Yeah, yeah that, that gunfight there is goes on forever. So then, the I guess that I mean that in itself that makes it a pretty short game. Yeah, it's like eleven hours, something like that, ten to twelve hours, depending yeah. on how. Um, the, the, so just to warn you, the end fight in Uncharted Two is infamously the worst thing in the game by a long way. People love that game, and people who don't like it just say because we're, we're seeing in, what, in what way it's, in, just, it's just awful right. just the the way you have to finish the game practically yeah. not in the story necessarily the story is cool still and the end cutscenes are cool and things but the way you have to finish, finish it with interaction is just really dumb uh, right. really dumb well, thanks for but, the warning um, but yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to getting started on to the third one and definitely seeing what the fourth one's going to be like, nice. like that. but yeah wonderful and, and, and the perfect kind of length of game for me I think yeah I like where I can kind of, yeah, can be finished relatively quickly yeah, yeah, and sort yeah. of move on to the next <clears throat> thing. Um, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, Very we're going to be talking cool. a lot about games today. It's going to be a bit of a game special. Nate. Very cool. Tell us about your week, sir. Well, I uh, had Halloween. What did um, you do for the spookies? <clears throat> well, I bought a beard. You bought and, a beard. And then I tried on every different option that that beard could manifest into. <laughs> what did you settle on? Well, I noticed that I had a bathrobe, so then I became a wizard. <laughs> you became... That's how every great story begins. <laughs> yeah. I had a bathrobe. I became, became a, a wizard. wizard. I went to a party. I took a clonopin. I had seven alcohols. And um, it was, you know, and the experience of you it was... Seven, that was quite sorry, exact. Sorry, what did you say? You took a what? A clonopin? What's what, a clonopin? What's that? It's kind of like Xanax, except it's like slow burning. <laughs> right and so then... like it really affected my night because i don't like i don't normally take clonopin yeah and i just sort of the whole night was sort of like yeah this is cool i can deal with this it's not ideal but uh <laughs> sure yeah yeah it's a weird feeling for me to take a clonopin and that mixed with the alcohol seven, alcohol. <laughs> seven alcohols yeah it was yeah it was definitely i was like drunk felt a little uh drowsy, <laughs> I mean, drunk and drowsy. <laughs> yeah it was kind of like i felt like you read the description of a you know like i shouldn't have been operating heavy machinery that was for well, sure you want just to be clear no heavy machinery was operated no the heaviest thing was my phone which go. i operated poorly <laughs> 
And uh, no, it was cool. I, I didn't good... get any drunk text. You get a drunk text? No. Disappointed. It was because I did it poorly. <laughs> if, I was, <laughs> yeah. if I was operating it better, I would have texted more people silly things. Um, but yeah, so I did that. That was cool. Um, what else have I done? That's pretty much it. You working, watching I'm, anything? Or? Writing. You're um, working on your, on your sorry, short? Yeah, I'm working on my short film oh. um, and a lot for this company that I work media development on. And yeah, that's, that's about it. What have I been watching? I've been watching Transparent, which is just oh, a fantastic yeah. show. Really? Yeah, really good show. And um, Project Greenlight I've been watching, which yeah, is like kind of, I think we should talk about it a little bit today because it's like a phenomenon. Yeah, we can't, I'm going to start yet. watching this week. So let's talk about next week because I'll yeah. watch a few. Because um, I want to, yeah, I've had a couple of people say to me, you have to watch this season. And not necessarily because it stood out in any way, but just I think a lot of people I know are at that point where it's quite relevant to watch what you're learning from that kind of experience. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to watch a bunch this week. So Let me sorry, just tell just you. To, yeah, but okay. Can you just give me a bit of background on that? I kind so, of you know, know it's a little bit uh, about Matt Damon it. and what's his name? Um, his partner there. They did uh, ben Goodwill. Affleck. Ben Affleck. They, um, I think it must have been like 10 years ago now. Yeah, tried a program called Project Greenlight where they yeah. do this big competition. People submit their work. Then they choose someone, give them a baller ass budget, and then like watch them fail to make anything good. And that's historically right. I think what got, every season has been. Like, they have not made anything good. Like, right, ever. But no, wait, like, wait, wait. Because I think the first year, I don't know, maybe I'm mis- incorrect, it wasn't the first year, the winners went on, the film that they made was Feast. Oh, was a horror it? film. Yeah. Okay. So I actually got over there because it was fucking great. Oh, it's really? Great, yeah, oh, really, so really I... Really good well, fun. It's very slick horror film. Well, I, I haven't watched the first season. And I, and I read an article that said that every movie that had come from there has been bad. So that's where I'm basing that information from. But the second season I have watched, and it was just, like, horrible. I mean, it was just a disaster. They couldn't get distribution at the end. Like, no one wanted to buy the movie. They were like, it's not a comedy. It's not, I don't care. The only good thing that they did was they cast Shia LaBeouf, Buff, mm, like, he when is, he was yeah. just, like, a baby, you know? Yeah. And they are like, this kid's amazing. And so, but that was all they had. So has this been going on every year, or have they skipped they took a, bunch? a big hiatus? Like right, I'm okay. not sure. I think it was like a seven year hiatus or something. So this and is their first year back, is it? This or? is their first year back, okay. and like you know, you really see filmmaking has come a long way. The competition about, yeah. is a lot more fierce than it used to be. Also, the studio system is a lot less sort of controlling and a lot more like um, artist driven. Yeah. And in kind with that, they they found this this filmmaker who's who looks like an albino or something, and he's like this really like. <laughs> freaky looking dude and he um oh man i mean he seems like he's got some definitely some he's got some talent but then he's like gets obsessed with like the stupidest shit and i feel like the whole series is designed like for filmmakers to watch it and be like god you fucking fuck i i could do better yeah you well, know, and yeah. it, that's what the kind of what it's trying to do to you. It's yeah. like that's trying what I was to, told to watch it because they like this will inspire you because you'll just feel like yeah, you could do better than this. So, yeah, just, but I don't find it inspiring. I find it like it's like they're trying to make you feel some like I don't know. It's weird. I don't. It's okay. a, it's a strange thing. So does the series start? But I don't with think it them, is inspiring. Maybe sorry, it is does the series start people. with them having already chosen the person, or it the, shows them choosing and then that process? The first episode is them. Um, like narrowing it down to right. like I think like I don't know like eight candidates or something. Okay. And then in in the first episode there was a famous or now like a on social media a famous fight that Matt Damon got in with one of the major producers of the show about diversity. Ah uh, yeah, yeah. I remember you reading. Might have heard about that. Yeah. 
And, you know, to be honest, in the show's credit, it's like doesn't throw any punches. I mean, HBO is the studio that's backing the film this time. And, um, you know, they're very open. Like they show stuff that if I was a studio, I'd be like, fuck, no, I'm not going to show that like internally. So it's it's cool in that sense. Like it's brave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I appreciate that. Um, And I'm the, the, the film comes out. It came out last night, and um, oh, really? I'm, I haven't got a chance to see it yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing if it's... Uh, it's good. Is it on the list? <laughs> is it on the list? Uh, no, it is not. So this, you can watch this on HBO. Uh, you can watch it, yeah. It's HBO, called The Leisure H- Class. HBO Go, HBO Now. HBO Go. HBO Go, yeah. Okay. HBO Then. All right. so I'm going to watch some this week, and then we can talk yeah. And I'm watching more. The Leftovers, and then that's it. The new cool. season of Leftovers. So, yeah. I'm eating a donut. Well, good for That's you. What I'm doing. Is that what you've I been doing? That this last week one was fucking delicious. You. The pomegranate one took me by no passion fruit. Took me yeah. by surprise. Enjoy and it. the pie, I was like, "Whoa!" You might have heard it halfway through one of your dialogues. Al, your week. Um, How was your Halloween? We just finished paranormal activities. Uh, we just went, didn't we? This afternoon, we had we a did. Three, few hours. We went to see the ghost dimension, um, which. Uh, all right, so very quickly because I don't want to spend too long for the news. Let's rate these paranormal films. We haven't watched Tokyo Nights. So there's a paranormal activity Tokyo Nights film which most people don't know about. Uh, we haven't seen that one yet because it's never had an official Western release, either in the UK or US. Um, so we're probably going to have to download it illegally because I actually bought it on Blu-ray once and it didn't come with subtitles. So. Um, <laughs> you get away with watching it in Japanese. Yeah, we'll be fine. Um, so, all right. <laughs> the six Paranormal Activity films, including the five main ones and then still canon, very much canon, the marked ones. Um, put them in order, Alex. Okay, for my first choice, I'm going from best to worst. Yep. Uh, for the best one, number one, I am going Paranormal Activity 3. Number two. <laughs> I don't know if you want a reaction. Ooh. Yeah, oh. paranormal Controversial. Activity. Thank you. Number two, Paranormal Activity. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, number three, I am going to say Paranormal Activity. Ooh, it's close between four and the marked ones. Mm. I'm going to say Paranormal Activity. I'm going to say the marked ones. Okay. Mm. I'm going right. to put that in at number yeah. three. Hey, I don't think that. it was the best. Yeah, sure. I mean, it goes downhill pretty quick. But <laughs> <laughs> so I was entertained in parts. And then I'm going to say four, two, and five. So Ghost Dimension is the worst of the series, in your opinion. Yep. All right. I, I am actually. What do you say? Four, two. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. Um, I am. Yeah, three is definitely my favorite one. One. I have a lot of problems with one. I think the ending is actually the worst in number one mm-hmm. um, in terms of the final scare. But the film feels very realistic and, you know, it's very effective in its patience. Um, yeah, then I think the marked ones. I don't think the marked ones are horror films. So if we're talking about in spookiness, I think it's probably the worst one. Yeah. But in terms of the film, it's very enjoyable. Uh, but it's more like a comic booky found footage movie. Uh, it's like it was kind of like what we watched it. Like Emily said, it's like Buffy or Angel does yeah. found footage. Um, and then yeah, the fourth one, which I actually really like, the fourth one up until the ending, and then the last sort of fifteen twenty minutes is just a mess. Um, and then the second one is fine, but like we said, the least inspired. I don't think it's the worst movie. I actually think it's one of the better movies, but it's just not very inspired. And if you've seen the first one, yeah. it's just replicating it all. And then, yeah, the Ghost Dimension. The Ghost Dimension had a, load of, it had a lot of good ideas. And it was kind of, we're saying retrospectively, if you came back to this, like a Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday 13th, and you got 10 films, 
you could understand its place in the canon because mm-hmm. it's the one that goes just crazy and it's just like let's just show everything and have yeah. spooky faces and hands coming out of walls and like you know there's no subtlety mm-hmm. whatsoever unfortunately the way they frame it is dumb the everything and every action the characters make is unbelievable the lead wife is just atrocious I yeah it feels so terrible. scripted um, um yeah it was very unfortunate because yeah. i thought there were good ideas in there and there were definitely some fun moments uh, but like i say it, you know in context if they make more afterwards that are good again i it'd be one i can imagine people in a weird way picking out that's the fun one you could watch at midnight because it's dumb and stupid and cartoonish um but i think the worst in terms of yeah scares, definitely and, and, and I, in terms of yeah sorry keep yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I agree. I, I feel like it was the worst as well as far as, like I said to you afterwards, um, like it, it sort of ticked the bare minimum sort of yeah. for found footage. Yeah. Like uh, barely found footage, like in a justifiable way to me. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, we found this huge red epic dragon camera and this yeah. kid that is that all, prime. It's, it's, it's basically, really. and it's completely ridiculous because they have this thing and he's shooting, he, it can see ghosts this camera this camera can actually see what's going on mm-hmm. which um it's never really explained but uh, oh it's got oh extra aperture rings and some you know nodes and stuff <laughs> like, all right yeah. uh but whatever that's fine um but then they shoot stuff and within the first 10 minutes he's seen ghosts in it and then never shows anyone any of the footage and he sees scenes where he's trying to convince his wife no this is real there's this big like smoky black drippy monster behind you why don't you believe me and never once thinks well I can take out the footage and show it to her and well, it's just inconceivably stupid like really yeah, stupid sounds pretty um, dumb which is a shame and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on with the box office so would you go um, as far to say as you were taken for a ride the hucksters behind you're paranormal activity <laughs> Um, no, I still I still enjoyed it. It just wasn't a good film. However, you want to justify um, it, Al is cool with me. Uh, we just stayed, we stayed giving you a hard in. time. We stayed in for Halloween, uh, which I was depressed about because I love Halloween, but we we're just too busy this year to organize anything. And I'd rather throw in the towel than put in a bad effort. To be honest, so we um yeah we had to work on website stuff uh, and watch the Ash vs Evil Dead, which I was crazy excited about. It's been twenty three years since I've seen yeah. Bruce Campbell in that role, and fuck me. Do they come in all guns blazing? It awesome. Great. It was Brilliant, great. Man. If you like any of the old Evil Deads and if you don't, uh, watch them. Uh, it's great. Cool, uh, man. I got to check that out. Really, it's kind of, it's what Army, because Army of Darkness was always a bit dumb and a bit kiddish, but it mm-hmm. takes the humor of Army of Darkness, but merges it with the violence and horror of the first two. Yeah. And it was really cool. Cool. Uh, finished Until Dawn, the video games. Excellent. We had a long chat about that off, uh, off mic. Um, yeah. Highly recommend it. Uh, Until Dawn is a game which has been the sleeper hit of the year of video games and no one... They haven't been advertising it. PlayStation hasn't been advertising it. And Halloween came around and they should have put it everywhere because it made them a ton of money that they weren't expecting and now it's without advertising. And it's got big actors in it. You've got Hayden Patisserie. Hayden Patisserie. You've got um, Peter Stormore. Um, you've got loads of faces you'd know. Loads of people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're not advertising it. And it's crazy because it's very refreshing. Lots of fun. Genuine um, scares. Genuine scares towards the end, I feel. Yeah. Um, and uh, genuinely beautiful. Beautiful mm. game. Um, yeah, my big thing is I play some Dark Sides 2, play some Halo 5. Came out this week. So I've been playing some Halo Hello. 5. Hello! Got my little crew together. How is Halo 5? Is it good? Oh, it's. it's so the campaign's had some model reviews. So here's the thing they always try and make it more interesting. 
uh, with the campaign. They really hyped it up. This for a year or two, even they've hyped it up as this big thing of you playing as these two characters, as Chief and as Locke and their teams and how they collide and whose side you're on. And Locke, who you play as for the majority of the game, about 75%, 80% mm-hmm. of the game, is just such a boring character. And you have Nathan Fillion is on his team, and Nathan mm-hmm. Fillion's way more interesting. Yeah. You're like, why isn't he the lead character? Um, no, Locke's just so boring and dull and military and just, I follow orders. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. And Chief is obviously the lead of Halo. You play Halo to play Master Chief. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of dumb. That said, it's definitely epic. Like, the story's huge this time. There's, the battles are ridiculous. Um, the gunplay is better than it's ever been. I think, t- you know, technically speaking, it's the best. Like, it cool. looks gorgeous, plays phenomenal. You know how Halo always has that thing where it feels kind of like the the controls are kind of loose or, like, sort of soft? I don't know how to put it. It's, like, not really? a fast game. No, yeah, it used to be quite sluggish. Is it faster in this new version? Yeah, Does it yeah. feel more like... It's taken me time to get used to it because since the new... Since 343 have taken over, they have... Um, yeah, updated it a little bit, but it have been very shrewd with it. Cause I was worried about it because I kind of like the sluggishness. Like, yeah, I like it's, playing... kinda, it's, it's a unique feel for a game. Yeah, I like playing online because it wasn't so scary. You weren't just running, dying, running, dying, running, mm-hmm. dying like Call of Duty. Um, but this one is, yeah, now you, you are a bit faster. You have, uh, looking down your iron sights, which you didn't used to have in Halo, you have a run button. You have abilities like you can boost a little bit, jetpack a little bit, or dash a little bit. Oh, that's cool. Um, but they've implemented them really smartly. Uh, we're playing a bunch of the online. I still don't get as angry with that game online when I'm dying as I do Call of Duty, which is mm-hmm. nice. And the campaign we just started a couple of nights ago, we're playing me, Chris Traver, uh, my friend Mikey Nooch, who handles all of our online stuff, gets his Hello, up Hello, boys. And uh, lovely uh, Megan Sullivan from IGN was helping us out. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Hello, boys. That's just, that's a salute to the online gaming boys. Good job, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> pew, pew. Yeah, so we're just about four hours in, but... Holy I shit, love man. the way what you great... pull the trigger. What a great game. Uh, the last thing I really quickly want to talk about before we move on is all the real girls. Uh, so we talked last week about David Gordon Green. Um, and I was saying about how his strange directory was. He's the guy who's just put out Our Brand is Crisis, uh, starring Sandra Bullock. All right. And he did Pineapple Express. He did The Sitter. He did uh, Your Highness. Do you remember that one? <laughs> that was yes, the I the... do. Danny Natalie McBride Portman. and Natalie yeah. Portman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all those things. And he invented Eastbound and Down, which I love Eastbound and Down. Yeah. yeah. That, well, I think it's with someone else, but he's one of the creators. Nice. Um, but he used to do these little indie, you remember what we're talking about, little indie films, mm-hmm. George Washington, All the Real Girls, uh, Undertow, Snow Angels. Um, and I found out he wrote those ones and he didn't write the others. <laughs> That's probably where the change comes because he just uh. does dumb comedies now. Uh, but I went back and watched All the Real Girls with Katie. And it was one of those movies that just, they used to be one of my favorite films when I was at uni. And it blew me away to watch it now. It's one of those, you know, you come back to films and you're always a bit disappointed or you're nostalgic or something. Mm-hmm. This was just like, it's just seminal. It's so, it captures something so magical and honest and unique. It's like scenes can just be 10 seconds long at times. Gotta see it. The music is merging things like a montage. And the acting's just before things became kooky and annoying. When mm. people could be weird and awkward, but in an honest way. You yeah. Know? So you, like, there are scenes where it's obvi- obviously improv, but you can't tell which bits are improv and which bits are scripted. Yeah. It's just all on that perfect edge of awkwardness. Yeah. Um, and it's Zoe Deschanel. And the first time I saw her, I was watching it with Katie. And I said, see, this is why I think I have a problem with her. Because look at her. She can fucking act. And this is her as a normal person where she's, yeah, a little bit weird, mm. but in a normal way, not like a cartoon character is weird. Like right. she's now and everything. And she, and she can't wait. Going, yeah, I can't believe she's a different person in this. She's just like, she's really good um, in that film. And awesome. you've got an early Danny McBride in there, who's a really 
I'm like still Danny McBride, but in his place where it makes sense in reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. a very smart film. Cool, man. I gotta check it out as well. There you go, uh, Nate. So what we're gonna do this week? We're, we're gonna handle if it's cool. We're gonna get into your uh, your section. You're gonna give us uh, the movie news of the week, and then I'm gonna handle the game news afterwards. Perfect. Is that good. Yes. You so want to go uh, back and forth? You want to go? Movie? No. Let's let's do you do the full section. All right, Nate. Time for your blowdown. Harrison Ford blow spoke down. out in an interview this week to say this is about Luke being missing from the newest Force Awakens poster. There's a very good reason this why Harrison Luke is Ford missing. It's really, really good. You will not be disappointed at all. I promise. What's that reason, Nate? Tell me. Why is he not on the poster? What's the good reason? Why is it so good? I think Luke Skywalker is Princess Leia. <laughs> Oh. Man, servant. Okay. <laughs> wow. Seriously. Yeah. Wait. 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 Yeah. wait. Do okay. We have, do we have any like? I oh. I brought this up with you, Al. Mm. And the focus has been on Luke, not being on the poster. Clearly, everyone's overlooked C three PO not being on the poster. It's true. And you you had a very interesting theory when <laughs> I brought the, this up with you, Al. They're the same. They're the same person. <laughs> yeah. Luke has. Uh, how did you put it? He he turned to the dark side. He turned to the dark and side. In a rage, destroyed, C-3PO yeah, to steal his arm for upgrades. Yeah, that he's got to upgrade his arm. So he turns uh, to his best. So C three PO and, and Luke. once you killed your best friend, you can't go back. No, yeah. you don't. They're the back same. They're the same. So I'm still going with my thing. The good reason is the good reason that he's not on the poster is because he is on the poster. Continue. Ooh. I think he's Kylo Ren. Damn. While over Halloween, the U.S. had one of the worst box office weekends of 2015. Yep. The international box office exploded this with the newest James Bond, Spectre, breaking records in the UK as the biggest seven-day opening in history with 63.8 million pounds. That's pounds we're talking. Oh, pounds we're talking. Daniel Craig. Actually, no, we're talking dollars. Oh, I take it back. Dollars. We're talking dollars. <laughs> Still, pretty good. Despite some mixed reviews, it's looking like Spectre has a good chance of beating Skyfall as the number one film of all time. No, number one, just sorry, um, James Bond film. Of James Bond films oh, right, of all times. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there's that. And it's going to launch in the U.S. Uh, November 6th. You excited about Spectre? I am. Yeah. I, dude, I fucking love James Bond movies, to be honest. Cool. I mean, I watch them. The tick in the boxes isn't a problem for you. You're like, yeah, tick the boxes. Sleep yeah. with them women, go to them exotic locations. I mean, it's not something I advertise to people outside of the podcast, but if I'm. <laughs> Just, in the uh, sanctity and honest bubble of this podcast, I will say that, yes, I do very much <laughs> like James Bond movies. And um, I've heard the problem is Christopher Waltz, because uh, everyone's so excited. Christopher Waltz like, you know, one of the best actors of our generation. Yeah. And apparently he's just kind of doing what he's done in every other villain role. Like, no, very really. much as Christopher Waltz just being going Christopher for Waltz. Yeah. Um, and not really stretching his muscles too much. Right. Well, this is uh, sort of a bridge piece of news uh, with the Warcraft live Warcraft live action movie coming out, and fans are very excited. And the first trailer will appear this Friday. What? It's going to be directed by Duncan Jones, what? who did Moon and Source Code. And he's uh, hang on, he's uh, David Bowie's son, isn't he, Duncan Jones? No, yeah, that rings a bell. Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah, true story. Wow, royalty. Duncan Stardust. Well, anyway, this move, this this live action movie made a big splash at the conventions. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it made a big splash at the conventions. 
and uh, there's a there's an air of feverish excitement happening. Whoa! Feverish excitement, Whoa! claiming this will finally be the truly great computer game to movie adaptation Whoa! when it hits cinemas June tenth, twenty sixteen. We got this coming. Feverish. We got this coming. We got Duncan Jones doing World of Warcraft. Yeah, and the first people who've seen bits have said it's excellent. And we have um, uh, Michael Fassbender's Assassin's Creed. One of these two surely has to break the trend. One of them's got to be good. You reckon? What? No, what? I don't. No, I think it's going to be shit. I think, it's it's be shit. I think when you make a movie and you're like, you're making it because of the game, I think it's just, you're going to start from pretty shaky no ground. There's no reason why you can make good comic book films and you can't make good video uh, games. What films. is your favorite video game crossover film to date? Oh, so far. Super Mario Brothers? Oh, House for sure. Hands like fucking Uwe to Bowles. the floor. House of the, House of the Dead. Um... I mean, I, the thing is, the ones that capture the vibe the most being serious are the Silent Hill films. They're not great films. But I they capture the Silent Hill vibe very well. Don't think the Street yeah, Fighter the film? Super Street Fighter? Oh, the Street Fighter Van Damme, Kylie Minogue? No, those, that no, was I a like, fucking good I movie. I like the Chun-Li one with Nash. <laughs> oh, oh, with yeah. our friend Chris Klein. Oh, that yeah. is a good one. <laughs> uh, just for our listeners, if you haven't seen any of that, all you have to do is go onto YouTube and uh, just down search... Chris Klein's lines in um, is it Legend, Legend of, of Chun Li, mm. and that's all you need to watch in that film. And Al and I had watched. Al had shared that video with me, and then we thought, why don't we watch the actual film? And that's the only. That's, that's the, the only bit we watched. You know what? I fucking loved the uh, Mortal Kombat movies. I yeah. remember getting so excited Mortal when they came out. Kombat! Yeah, I thought they were great when I was a kid. They were so sexual. Yeah. Okay. That was Paul T. Anderson the first one, wasn't it? I think. Was it? The evil one, not the good oh, one. Oh, oh. The uh, Resident Evil dude. Oh, Resident good. Evil, Alien vs. Predator. That yeah. dude. Could be. Shall I move on? I might be wrong. There's going to be another all-female cast reboot. This time coming in the form of an all-female Ocean's Eleven. Sandra Bullock is already on board. The Hunger Games director, Gary Ross, is helming. And George Clooney and Steve Sodenberg are producing. Of course, the other all-female reboot reboot you're referring to is uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. I like this trend. I don't. Things are better with all female casts. No? No. no. Okay. Fed up of it Ghostbusters, already. I'm... Fed up. I'm, it only I'm, happened one time before. <laughs> I'm already fed up. It's no, a trend that I, you're nibbing in the I'm going to piss behind. off people here and it's not like I am so feminist and I'm fed up of things being so fucking purposely feminist. Typical like... male thing to say. <laughs> Let me just point that out right <laughs> off the fucking bat. He hates women. I, <laughs> fuck! <laughs> I just... I just... It's like uh, it's like the thing we read last week, where Marvel, you know, are only looking at black directors for Black Panther. It's like, yeah, I want people of all races to make movies. I want people of all sexes and races and religions to star in movies. I don't want Hollywood to just create a new checkbox, and that's what this clearly is. It's a thing of, oh look, people responded really well to the all female Ghostbusters. Yeah. This is what people want. We don't actually care about that. Let's just greenlight another thing like that, because then we can ride on this trend at the moment of everyone. You know, it's about female rights, which is great. Everyone should be about female mm-hmm. rights. I don't like this thing of them. Well, let's just cast lots of females and everything, because that makes the best movie. No, it doesn't make the best movie. Right. At all. Yeah. No, women are horrible. Um, and yeah. Ocean's. <laughs> and Ocean's Eleven. For starters, I'm just pissed off because why the fuck would you reboot yeah, Ocean's that Eleven? Is, that the is the real problem. It's is not sequilable. The first film's so good and 
There's just no need. And if you do do it, why does it have to be an all-female cast? I mean, what next? An all-female Fast and the Furious? Oh, God. <laughs> or, an, or an all-female... Uh, Turtles, Ninja Turtles Ninja film. Turtles? No, that all they could not do. They could not do that to or me, buddy. all-female Apollo 13? That might be kind of cool. I don't know. Okay, moving oh, on. Oh, oh, no, I just want people to like, please don't take me out of context. Please appreciate it. I'm just trying to say... What you said is you hate women, and we're moving from there. <laughs> Indiana Jones 5 will definitely happen, but Man despite Harrison Ford being 73 years old, rumors are flying around as of Chris, Chris Pratt. Pratt. Can you give me some sequels? Mm. Producer Marshall Frank I think sentence, says I think there are no plans right to replace Ford, and I'm going to go into my... Stereotypical producer voice. Hey, hey, hey. What were we saying? Oh, wait. Yeah, what what okay. were you Maybe just saying? I was about to say, about to go to producer, producer voice. Just tell me what you just saying. Just sum it up quickly. So, Indiana Jones 5 is mm. definitely going to happen. Okay. But uh, Harrison Ford, is, you know, he's, he, he's, he's old. They're not saying he's not going to be in it, but he's 73 years old, and Chris Pratt is rumored to maybe not take his place. But, but I, think uh, I think the quote will. I think this is questioning that rumor. All right. Oh, it's quite. Okay. Producer voice, please. There are a lot of rumors, he said. We haven't even sat down to talk about Indy yet. <laughs> At some point, we'll sit down, but there's a bunch of people who could probably take the baton. <laughs> but just because someone will take the baton doesn't mean there will be another Indy. We're not doing the Bond thing. We're going to call somebody else Indy. We're not going to call some... Are we or are we not? We're, we're not, not going to do the Bond thing where we're going to call somebody else Indiana Jones. You have to figure this out. Frank Marshall says... Frank Marshall, the man... Um, <laughs> how do I feel about this, you ask? Hang on. Don't just really care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Just to clarify, okay. there's definitely an Indy, Indy 5. Yeah. And Harrison Jones, uh, sorry, Harrison Ford. Harrison is, Jones. <laughs> Harrison, Harrison who's Ford Harrison Jones? Is not being replaced as Indiana Jones, is what he's saying. Yes. That's saying that is. He, they're he not going to be replaced. It's not like they're going to give Batman yeah. to another so Batman. This is confirming Chris Pratt will not be Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones, but maybe. The someone Indiana else, Jones like, story. Pass it on yeah, to someone yeah, else. Kind of like the, uh, the guy in the leather vest who jumps from thing to thing. What will his name be? Jonesy Indy. This Jonesy. may be my favorite piece of news. It looks like the Hasbro board game, Monopoly, will be making... Will be... Oh, fuck. I fucked it up now. <laughs> Do you want me to get the whip? Uh, it <laughs> looks like yourself. the Hasbro board game, Monopoly, will be making... Oh, you fuck. We'll be making a Monopoly. Oh, it was a joke. <laughs> Oh, I can't read. It looks like the Hasbro board game Monopoly will be making a monopoly of the box office, as there are now just, not just one, but two movies coming out based on every father's favorite form of family-approved capitalist entertainment, Big Beach Films, Little Miss Sunshine, are making a movie about the origins of the classic board game based on Mary Pillen's book, The Monopolist. Obsession. Fury. And the scandal behind the world's favorite board game, as well as Ralph and Spatch's book, The Billion Dollar Monopoly Swindle, which recounts his invention of the game, Anti-Monopoly. The project has nothing to do with the Hasbro's upcoming Monopoly film. If anyone understood what I just said, I will ask you to tweet in and re-encapsulate what I said without viewing other news sources. Wait, there was one name in there that I Holy fuck, what is wrong with me? 
The, Could you repeat that name? The Spatz or uh, Ralph and Spatches? <laughs> so they're making. All right. So Hasbro are making a Monopoly. Don't movie. summarize my news. I already read it, Al. <laughs> Don't pick up the pieces and try to put it back together. You fuck. <laughs> Don't you have any respect? He's got no respect. Do I have to go back to my Frank Marshall voice here on you, Al? No, please. <laughs> He says he said no, please. All right, let's continue. So, someone tell me the news. I don't even know. I think so. So we have already have the Hasbro Monopoly movie. That's going to be a, presumably like the fucking like the fucking battleships movie. But then now we have a historical Monopoly movie from the makers of Little Miss Sunshine. Well done. So this is about the creation of Monopoly. I believe so. So there's not going to be a bald man with a monocle and a top hat. Uh, guaranteed. That's such a disappointment. It's like you hear a Monopoly movie, well, you and you want to see that guy. movie that gives you that. There'll be the boot. There'll be the dog. Yeah. Oh, the fuck that shit. I just want car. Jim Carrey being like, I'm the Monopoly yeah, He plays all of Do them. Not <laughs> he plays Do not pass no. Do not collect you. Yeah, I love that. All right, moving on. This is a little bit of technology news. It looks like the new iPad Pro will hit stores on November 11th, according to a new report. The Apple Pencil, which, by the way, is two crowns glued together with Elmore glue and wrapped in steel. (laughs) Bitter? Um, Bitter, yes. And Smart Keyboard will also launch on the same day, if sources are to be believed. The base Wi-Fi model of the 12.9-inch tablet starts at $799 and comes in 32 gigabytes and 128 gigabytes if you want to get crazy. If you want LTE support, you'll have to pay a grand for the 128-gigabyte model. Anyone interested in your iPad Pro? I no, but I might like the keyboard. Mm. I'm a keyboard fan. I'm like, I have a little fetish over keyboards. Well, this is one of those ones. It's made, isn't it, with the little, uh, it's got a little sensor thing. So you clip in the iPad Pro and it kind of, I don't know, it does something special with it. It oh, makes it work neat. better. I like technology. I am. I've never liked iPads. Personally, I bought one. Well, I was given one actually as a present. The first generation, all those, how many years ago that is? Six years ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. Never used it. Yeah, um, same ever. here. Exactly the same story. Um, yeah. But this one, I kind of like the look of it. Like it looks, and partly because of the uh, the pencil. You like the pencil? Yeah, because I mean, not as much as obviously like a Cintiq or something where you could do proper, you know, pressure and draw and stuff. But yeah. I like drawing on digital stuff, and sometimes I have to do sketches and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to have this tablet's a little bit bigger. Um, the processors are in it are cool and you have to be able to draw directly onto the screen with something a bit bit more accurate and, yeah you know, Actually, how I well like that that, that sounds cool to me yeah, yeah I'm a good that. thing to take to meetings and like make a little notes on and show drawings to storyboards shit, shit yeah, like that shit like that just cool. another outlet to draw penises on people's faces basically any yeah. outlet to do that is welcomed <laughs> AMC's Preacher <clears throat> debuted during this week's The Walking Dead based oh, on the, the much loved comic Oh, the trailer for The Preacher. Yeah, data during Walking Dead. Right, right. The much-loved comic book series by Garth Ains and Steve Dillon. That is The Preacher. The show has been uh, has Breaking Bad's Sam Catlin as showrunner and was developed by was developed for T by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. It's slated for a mid-2016 premiere. Sorry, which one was The Preacher, Al? What's the... I never actually read it. People love it. Um, Kick-ass preacher, right? Yeah. Right. There's some, I can't remember synopsis now. Yeah, wait. Okay. No, I was talking about this in an earlier podcast. Mm. Because, um, yeah. Oh, he, the, uh, who's the show creator of The Walking Dead? What's his name again? Um, Robert Cartman. Well, he's the comic book creator. No, no. 
Oh, you who's mean the showrunner? Uh, who's the Frank um, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Frank Darabont. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, he was talking about it in a podcast I was listening to. It so looks. It's, like, I think it's gonna be cool. Yeah, the trailer looks cool. Anyway, should we move on? I I'm having a hard time reading the news today, guys. I feel well, tongue tied. Words are tri- words are tough. And something about this all cap font is like everything is melding together. I'll tell you about the haunted room you're in in a second when you're done. All right. Daisy Ridley, who plays Rey in The Force Awakens, was given advice by Carrie Fisher on not making the same mistakes she made during her time playing Princess Leia, referring to the iconic slave Leia outfit she wore during Jedi. Fisher warned her, don't be a slave like I was. You keep fighting against that slave outfit. Then, during a conversation between the actresses for Interview Magazine, Fisher told Ridley, It's hard to date once you've been a big Star Wars star because you don't want to give people the ability to say, I had sex with Princess Leia. Oh, you're going to have people have fantasies about you, and that will make you feel uncomfortable. I'm Harry guessing. Fisher is awesome. Ridley replied, They always ask about how you're a sex symbol and how do you feel about that. I'm not a sex symbol. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, you yeah, might be to some people. I mean, yet, you know I'm what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, okay. Moving on. Uh, Ec- okay or not? Or should we? I well, mean, basically, that was a, I found it slightly shocking just because I carry pictures of very cool, very intelligent, very um, feminist, but in this positive, like, really great way. Uh huh. And I just found out not bad. I was just surprised because I've never heard her speak out about the, her, how basically she was slightly fetishized in that. Oh, totally. Um, it's a weird thing to think about. Like, also, like her giving advice to a younger actress, like, mm. don't let them fetishize you too. Yeah. When in reality, and it's in like, yeah. It's just, you think that's a behind closed doors bit of advice, maybe. Right. Exactly. I don't think she gives a fuck, though. I think she's pretty yeah, just, like, just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for that, I don't it's know. Just, it's just interesting that she has, she's still carrying a burden about that. Like she still had a problem with, I know she wasn't happy at the time quite famously, but it's just interesting that that's still something that, you know, preys on her as that's not something, you know, females should put themselves into that position. And It's probably like a scarring thing to like go to all the conventions and having guys just be like, oh my God, I want to like have sex with my idea of what Princess Leia is, you know? Yeah. Like, my clownish, hideous I'm, reflection of myself. I'm interested, you know I mean? though, like, at what point, you know, because I'm guessing that's one of those ones where the sequels were written, I mean, you know more about Star Wars than I do, but like, were the sequels written, you know, after the fact, or did he plan it all out to begin with? Uh, from what I've heard, I thought it was all pretty planned out. Planned out. And, and that included the prequels. I think he had it as a six-part thing to yeah, begin with. Yeah, I think you're right. Because that's, that's what interests me is... That's obviously a scene which he wanted mm. and was quite, you know, passionate about, clearly, because he pushed her into it at the time. And I'm just wondering if. Yeah. How that would have swayed auditions, you know? If yeah. she had, like, just been, I'm not doing that scene, they went, fine, we'll cast someone else then. You know? Like, well, it's, it's, it's one of those things of, yeah, you have to fight your fights, but at the same time, you're taking a role in someone's project and you either believe in their vision or you don't, really. Um, and as a writer director, I'm just kind of like, well, you want people who are either on board and they're not. And it doesn't mean you're right or you're wrong in what you're trying to create at all. Like not getting into that, but just getting into you get involved with the projects you want to get involved with. I don't really feel you get to get be involved with like clearly they want to be involved in that. Like, oh, it's you know not 
Fisher at the time because it was mm-hmm. Campbell. But now it's Star Wars. So who's going to fucking say no, no to Star yeah, Wars? Yeah, right. Yeah. But at the time. But then you don't get to go, oh, but the caveat is I'm not going to put on a bikini or something. Well, it's like yeah. maybe you should get to, but they probably won't cast you if you say that because they want you I to mean, do whatever I mean, I think an actor should have the right to say that. Of course they but do. But like. But you, you know. have a right to not take a job that you don't feel comfortable about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I don't feel people should take jobs and then complain about it if you knew what it was going to be up front. But the mm-hmm. problem is, is I feel like a lot of, especially female actors, feel like they don't have a choice because there are so few roles mm. for women. Well, not yeah. anymore because everything's all female <laughs> yeah. cast, so we're fine. Okay. Whoops, my pen just exploded. X-Men Apocalypse <laughs> will reportedly return to Montreal for a few weeks of reshooting. Uh, that's happening in January. And rumor has it, that Wolvie actor, Hugh Jackman, will there be along for the ride. His appearance in the movie is yet to be confirmed. The film is out May 2016. Yeah. There you go. So Big his appearance surprise, in the movie Wolfie. is confirmed. <laughs> Basically. And what, how would he but not But they're not, be? like, confirming. He's hanging up the claws. Wolvie 3 is his last one. He's going to be in Apocalypse 2 as a guest at some point. That's it. I mean, that basically yeah. that seems to be what's happening. Yeah. What else we got? Anything else on the menu? That is all the that's news. All the blow that's all the Next blowdown. Print. Let me tell you a little bit about this spooky rumor answer. Yeah. So we're sitting here earlier today and we're going through uh, Alex and Napoli and four of us are hanging out, uh, printing off some things. And then you give me a cheeky look. <laughs> what are you cheeky? Did you write these? Tell no. Tell the story. Did you really? No. This is getting freaky. Um, and we're printing stuff off and then this comes through. Okay, I'll read you. This piece of paper prints off, and Katie goes, did you write this? Actually, this was before you turned up, wasn't it? This one. It was before I turned up. And it was a riddle on the paper. And I'm not, I'm not fucking around here. This isn't one of my weird leaders. Are you fucking kidding? No, 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 this is for real. So it printed it off, and it said, there is a man behind a door. Another man comes and knocks at the door. The man behind says six. The other man says three. He comes in. A second man knocks at the door. The man behind says seven. And the other man says five. He comes in. I knock at the door. The man behind says one. What number should I say to come in? Then it says in capital underneath, for your own sake, don't get it wrong. Now, I'm not fucking with you. This That's just, just printed randomly. You're fucking with me. So we're like, what the fuck? This is weird. So we don't think anything of it. And we're, we're hanging out. Alex and Bethany turn up. And we're hanging out. And we're printing out some other stuff. Now, it happens when we print stuff out. This one then comes. No, not that one. This other one comes through, which I've thrown away somewhere, which just says tick tock. That's all it says. Like, you need to This is one of your friends fucking with you. I don't have any friends. They have your they have your printer pa- like printer key and they're printing stuff. I don't have it. You guys you're my only friends who come in here. I feel so alone right now. So then Bethany like, because the girls get a little bit freaked out, and Bethany goes on online to figure out what this thing is. Yeah. If it means anything weird and creepy, yeah, yeah. it's just a riddle. And she finds the answer and she tells us what the answer is. The next time I print something out, this comes out of the printer. It says, No, you cheated. You're fucking kidding me. Not joking at all. Are uh, you like, are you actually serious that I'm this is all happened? I'm seriously, deadly serious. This has happened to us before we, before we started the podcast. Now, in my brain, then Alex prints out a picture of a ghostly face. <laughs> now, in my brain... Okay, it's your neighbor who probably can reach your printer. Well, no one can reach... I don't think anyone can reach a printer without being on the Wi-Fi. That's the thing. And our Wi-Fi has a password. Oh, that's right. But I do know that you can get viruses, you know, that go from your computers and can like, you know... It's like anything else. You can have malware, essentially. And it was Halloween time. 
Um, and these, you know, looking at them at the arts to riddle. And then obviously it's going to take time. People aren't going to do anything. So you send one that says TikTok. And then obviously people are going to Google it. So you do know you cheat. Like it makes sense. Yeah. If you're going to plan something, they're the three you send to anybody yeah. as a random three thing. They don't print off by themselves. They only printed when I was printing something else, which also is the malware kind of signal of. Since you're printing something, then it's coded in to print the next part of the wow. field. So I it seems like, like I need a to prank, check my prints now. But I know? don't know how. And it was a little bit freaky. I'm not going to lie. That is actually kind of fucking freaky. freaky. They got haunted room. I like it. Um, well, I'd like to wish you a happy Halloween. <laughs> I got you. Was that you? <laughs> oh! You fucker. How did you do it before Okay, so this, this is the story. This is the, this is the background behind it. Uh, Bethany and I were having lunch in Venice. We've got a message from Al. Uh, we messaged Al and Katie and we're like, we'll grab you some stuff if you want it. After we had lunch, while we had lunch, we conceived this idea. <laughs> this and, is why we said they invited us to lunch. God, this is what we get for not fucking and, lunch. But this is the, this is the, there's a little twist on it too. So the, then uh, before we got your lunch, we, we came to the back of the office here. Where my phone connected to the Wi-Fi, you sneaky fucker. and I printed the riddle, you and it, and it did it almost didn't work a couple of times. So that's why you got it twice because I was like, "Is it printing or not?" <laughs> I did. I got it twice. So that's it. And then and then I we thought it was because le- there were two of us. And, and then Whoa. and then and then we left it. And uh, prior to coming here, Bethany was like, "You know, do we print another thing? Do we say anything?" And I'm like, "No, that's it. We just leave it." And at some point, we just tell them. So we get here, and then Al and I are preparing for the podcast. And I print off. You're my, kind of scaring me right now. I, I, I print off my segment. <laughs> You're still no, scary. No, so I, I print off my segment. Yeah. <laughs> and Bethany, having said nothing to me about any of this since this afternoon, prints the TikTok thing, and Jeez. I didn't know. So when <laughs> so I, I print off my out. thing, and I'm like, uh, "Ow." This one says TikTok. She it well. So I am freaked. like getting freaked out because I'm like, <laughs> we're not talking about this. And I'm like, there's a thing that says TikTok. Oh Bethany gotcha. So, so yeah, at that point I was, I had caught up with you guys and I was into this of like, fuck. Now, something like, happening. The, the prank has backfired and we're all going to get killed. This is what happens when you watch too many scary movies. Exactly. Your mind, exactly. Your mind exactly. goes to ridiculous places like, and then we'll argue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And then so at one point I was here and I messaged, but like I had my phone and Bethany was leaving over my shoulder. I was like, did you write TikTok? She was like, yeah. So then, and so, and then, so then the thing was... Was then I went out there because you were like, oh, Katie's really worried. After I, I printed, I printed out the ghost man's face, just an old, ugly old man's face. And that's the one that spoiled it. As, yeah, <laughs> and, and Al, as soon as Al saw it, he's like, and see, and now that's just really stupid. Uh, and I was like, yeah, why and you I was, have to ruin yeah, it? And I was like, uh, yeah, okay, that was me. And he's like, did you just do the rest of the stuff? And I was like, no. And then you said Katie was really worried. And so then that made me feel bad. So then I went out there and then Bethany was like, I already told Katie. And I was like, oh, okay. No. And then I accidentally... So when I went through just comforted Katie, I was like, it's okay, don't worry. And she was like, yeah, bad. She knew. Yeah. <laughs> she like, wasn't her being brave. Is that uh, she knew. Why did you have jump? <laughs> He's like... Uh, yeah, but then I, I told Bethany about that. And she's like, like and that's, that's why I was in charge of this prank. Because I clearly have bad taste. <laughs> so so Al, you fucking... You did it, man. You nice Halloween you prank, prick. man. You prick. <laughs> Tell you what, though, no one, uh, no one wrote the rundown this week on the Geeks podcast. That just happened. So, <laughs> haunted printer confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. 
All right. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to go into a different segment. <laughs> As he scratches his wrist nervously. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. I'm still getting bitten by shit. It's annoying. Uh, sorry. All right. That's not me. It's definitely not That's me. Not you. <laughs> I have no involvement in that. Something Prince like, I just bit you just now. So we're going to spend, we're not going to do, um, we're not going to do the quiz this week. Uh, we are obviously going to still uh, have your releases, Alex, in a bit. Don't worry about it. We'll get to that. But we're going to have a lot of game talk. A lot of game talk this week. So if you like video games, we don't talk about them enough really on this. We're going to get into a bunch now. So we're going to have a special game section of the news. Um, and then we'll do the we'll do the releases. And then we're going to have our little top topic point. You got a special name for this uh, segment now? No. Oh, God's sake. I think it was more of a doof. It just gotta, it's just, um, I just got to steal your blowdown for a little bit. Okay. Blowdown. All right. So we just got six points. Sex points. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> How many? <laughs> I know I have one. I've got one. Got six points. Sexy points. <laughs> six sex points. <laughs> All right. Six points. Um, <laughs> the first one's quite a big one, though, because this week was Paris Games Week. Now, typically, this happened. Uh, well, the main news of Sony's conference happened the day when our podcast went up, so we missed it. Of course. Mm. Um, and a lot of shit came out. Um, so I apologize. We missed it and we're talking about it a few days late. Uh, but here's the quick stuff. I'm going to run rattle through the stuff that happened and then we'll focus on the big stuff. Uh, first of all, number one, a new Star Wars Battlefront trailer with Boba Fett, Han Solo, Princess Leia and Emperor Palpatine all fighting as hero death units. Uh, was revealed. A Darth Vader-themed PS4 console is also going to launch alongside the game's release this month. Uh, number mm. two, Street Fighter V revealed Darcy in the roster. He's grown a beard. And they gave us a firm release date of February 16th, 2016, the day before my birthday. Oh, Excellent. Street Fighter games always come out a day before my birthday. Or oh, my really? birthday. Three. Tekken 7 is coming to PS4. Um, and also the proprietary PlayStation VR unit. Yeah, that's right. You get to play fighting games in virtual reality Whoa. which sounds nauseating to me uh, <laughs> yeah. four new game Boundless was revealed a cross-platform PC and PS4 open world exploration title from Wonderstruck uh, number five Housemark the developers of Dead Nation Resogun and Super Stardust HD revealed their new title Matterfall it was a cinematic trailer though with no gameplay so it doesn't really tell us much uh, number six I think No Man's Sky as I famously said in the last episode coming out this year can't wait New trailer revealed it's now coming out in June 2016. Oh. So that's got pushed way out. Uh, number seven, I believe. Horizon Zero Dawn, one of our favorite shows. Showed off a new variant of the same behind closed doors gameplay that we ourselves saw at E3 this year. It's just got some different you know, weapons and stuff to do. Bit disappointing. I was hoping for new stuff. Eight, Gravity Rush 2. The sequel to the Vita game had its first proper trailer. It was cool if you like it. I'm not bothered. Number nine, Uncharted 4, Thief's End, showcased its multiplayer for the first time with, with Chintamani stones and spooky things. So how does that work? How many players can you do a multiplayer with? Oh, fuck, I don't know. So, this is, uh, so uh, historically, I think it's like 12, I think. Oh, damn. Um, it's, it's quite focused. They've always been fun third person but not incredible like the shooting mechanics are good in Uncharted but not incredible so mm-hmm. yeah um, but this one it's, it looks cool you play as all the different characters and it was just like a cinematic trailer that was darting in and out I've never seen a multiplayer trailer like this because they didn't really show the gameplay hmm. but then they're throwing mystical objects to each other to give you powers and stuff and throwing out big ruins and things that turn people on fire and stuff and it's <laughs> kind of fun but it's not the whole point of Uncharted is the story and obviously nothing in multiplayer is canon so 
Right. Number 10, I think. Media Molecule creators of Little Big Planet showcase their new project, Dreams, again. Uh, first time since E3, I believe. And it's still as mystifying as ever. Uh, <laughs> number 11, PlayStation VR. Finally, Sony came out and talked about it. It's a big thing. Uh, it's happening. Uh, the semi-sequel to The Sleeper here, Until Dawn, is coming in Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. Uh, and that will be cool. on uh, PlayStation VR. And it's I like played a, that game. It's, it's, like game. A, it's like a fairground ride. Uh, on rails experience that sounds terrifying yep uh number 11 or whatever it's crytek the uh, creators of the original far cry and crisis um and some of the greatest looking games in history revealed a new trailer for their upcoming uh, playstation vr title robinson the journey uh which continues with the theme of prehistoric is now what's in uh with computer games cool we've got journey robinson the journey we've got a film a game we're about to talk about later we've got far cry primal and we've got um, sort of Horizon Zero Dawn. I know that's in the future, but it's all caveman-ish and uh, robotic dinosaurs. Dinosaurs and cavemen. That's yeah. what everyone's playing as right now. Uh, number whatever. Battle Zone from Rebellion featuring VR tanks. Number whatever. More from Riggs, the VR-enabled sports game. Gran Turismo Sport is also coming, and that's going to be VR-capable. So lots of virtual reality. Whoa, that'd games, be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of makes sense because you're in a locked position. Yeah. yeah. So kind of look out the window. Yeah. Right. Sounds kind of terrifying. Checking mirrors, actually. see who's in the back. Hey, hey what are you doing there? <laughs> Should I pull I like over? A, in your brain, Turn it's something up. sexy. <laughs> in my brain, it's something terrifying. Yeah. The two most exciting announcements, though, at Sony's press conference at Paris Games Week was Quantic Dream, the creators of Heavy Rain, Fahrenheit, and Beyond Two Souls, finally showed off their first trailer for their new title, called Detroit Become Human, which builds off their Kara tech demo from a few years back. It looks uh, very similar to the stuff they've done before. Increasingly beautiful. Um, you like this sort of thing, Alex. It's very um, like Until Dawn, but with a sort of yeah, grown-up, mature kind of story. And this one looks like Ghost in the Shell, the story. It's very oh, much cool, about cool. AI and its place in society. I played that game, the original. Um, and then weird. Michel Ancel, I believe that's who pronounced the name, the legendary creator a uh, French uh, dude uh, of Beyond Good and Evil and Rayman showed off a massive five minutes of his new title, Wild, which looks awesome. Awesome. You play like this shaman sort of dude in his huge, open, beautiful world. And then you can possess the different creatures of the world, like eagles and fish and rabbits. And, and then you create, you summon the deity for each creature. And the deity for each creature is completely different. He put a snake down on this kind of um, ruin. And this enormous, sexy snake lady just appeared lying in front of him in a provocative <laughs> manner. Um, yeah, Who knew very, that uh, if I put this snake on this rune, a giant, sexy snake lady would appear? Um, Actually, that sounds pretty fucking that cool. Great. That, that sounds awesome. Um, it's very sort of peaceful and French. What console will that be on? Um, I think that's a PS4 exclusive. It was but really it classy how you were like, it's sure. very cool and French. <laughs> it was very it's French. Uh, it's classy. Actually, you're probably on everything. That. Most of his games are on everything. And that's through their own studio. Uh, all right, so that was the big news this week, Paris Games Week. Number two in the normal news, we have the second big news, which is that coming up on November the 12th is the new Xbox One experience, which we us, we were talking about briefly when I was saying about their updating the user oh, yeah. interface. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, Nate, you're God. new to the Xbox world. You're saying you're struggling a little bit with the, with the interface. Yeah, you know, I, I, threw myself in, I threw myself in there and I found <laughs> I didn't know which way to go, which button to press, which direction to turn. And before I knew it, I was... Logged into Al's account and scaring <laughs> the bejeebus out of the, the whole, uh, the whole community. 
Uh, I've kind of come to bearings with it. Like, I feel like I'm just starting to get it. And probably by the time I feel comfortable in it, they'll change it. <laughs> yep. Well, that's what's happening. And this is a huge overhaul. I'm going to go through what happened uh, or what's about to happen to people. Um, now, Sorry, what the people, did you say? November 12th. Okay. So some people have uh, sort of test versions of this already. And they're reporting it's excellent, much better than how it is at the moment. I find it very frustrating because as much as I prefer Xbox to the PlayStation, at least PlayStation stick with their interface and they have for now 10 mm-hmm. years, basically. Um, Xbox every couple of years like to change it because they just get restless and they're Microsoft and it pisses me off because every now and then they're like oh that, that's really good and then oh it's gone <laughs> and yeah, they just yeah, keep yeah. fiddling and changing and so just settle on something mm. figure it out make it work stop fucking around yeah I'll leave my interface but this one does sound good so hopefully this one will be better and then I'll leave that one for at least a couple of years I mean how long has this well, particular interface been in existence since xbox one since xbox one. i mean they, they there's a similar version of it with uh because it's the it wasn't a huge shift from the 360 though was it? no well 360 had about four different interfaces that were radically different three yeah, massive i think ones i saw the last because you started one. with the blades and you went something else and then it went to yeah the last one was the windows eight uh windows nine or windows 10 yeah it's a 10 the uh what do you yeah, call yeah. them the tiles yeah, yeah. i never liked the tiles personally because then they yeah, adverts no on one liked the tiles. no one liked the tiles. wait but one thing that I also did notice about this current operating system is like it's really I've I've run into multiple errors trying to update games and mm. stuff and like it seemed weird like um I was I've been playing some uh, Metal Gear Solid mm. and this update came out that like made it impossible for me to play so I had to like delete all my saved game data What? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. I haven't heard that before. Well, I probably didn't do it on purpose. That's weird. Yeah, but it sucked because it just like it was like stuck at three percent. I kept shutting off, turning on, quitting, and then like I looked online, and a lot of people were having the problem. Really? Yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Um, but anyway, all right. So this is what's going to happen. Are you ready? No. The, you ready now? Yeah. The update <laughs> provides a massive system overhaul just in time for the holidays. Uh, they obviously wanted to bring it out just after Halo because they didn't want to scare people off with the big, their biggest game and and all that and changing everything. The new update does the following amongst other things it completely revamps the dashboard it adds backwards compatibility for xbox 360 games albeit not all they're just saying you know but we've discussed this before it's like 100 i think to begin with runs popular gaming features up to 50 percent faster introduce a more social friendly community section an optimized online store revamped one guide which is more intuitive and user-friendly snapping friends notifications and a new message system more akin to texting without leaving your game 12-person party chat is now available. What? If you have 12 friends, which are 11 friends, friends, I guess, which I do not. (laughs) Uh, And most importantly, these two. First of all, Cortana comes to Xbox One as your personal gaming assistant. Uh, Cortana, of course, is the AI in uh, Halo, which Microsoft loves so much they put her on all of their phones now. She's like their version of Siri. Really? Wow. Wow. Uh, Cortana is also now coming to iPhone, weirdly, and Android phones. Um, so yeah, you'll be able to talk to her if you've got your Connect, and she'll guide you through stuff on your Xbox. And even more importantly, avatars are back, baby. Woo-hoo! So on the Xbox 360, Nate, I don't know if you remember, we could you had dance and move around. 3D avatars. You could yeah. create your avatar, and you could buy, spend real money on fake shit. Oh, and buy T-shirts great. and hats and costumes and you know licensed costumes and sometimes you got free shit. Like if you unlock an achievement, sometimes you get free stuff for your avatar, which is cool. cool. You could have little toys to play with and all this yeah. fun stuff. Spend tons of money on this stuff, Nate, because I'm a moron. Okay. And guess what? They bring out the new console. You think what well, the consoles are only going to get better? 
Nope, avatars disappeared. It becomes just a little picture on your profile, and that was yeah. it. Well, avatars are back, and they're back uh, in a big way. And so is the avatar shop. So I can spend more money. Do you <laughs> get to redeem your old items? Yeah, that's what I, I don't know. I was trying to find that out. I haven't found any confirmation. If you get all your old items back, you fucking better. Because that's serious. That's real money. You should write them back. a fucking angry handwritten letter. I'm going to write them a very polite handwritten letter. Okay. I'm English. <laughs> English. Kind of but okay. I'm just under the surface. Can I, yeah, yeah, a little tone there. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm excited about avatars because that's a big part of the personality of Xbox. And I was sad to see them go. So that's November the 12th. Look forward to that. Number three, in other Cortana news, during a live stream uh, with Games Radar, Halo franchise director Frank O'Connor was asked why Cortana is always naked. Right. I've stupid. wondered that. He replied with this, quote, She's not really nude, but that's what it makes you think of, says O'Connor. So one of the reasons, <laughs> uh, one of the reasons she chooses to appear without clothes is to attract and demand tension. And she does it to put off people so they're on their guard when talking to her and she has the upper hand in those conversations. It's kind of almost like the opposite of that nightmare where you have to go to school in a nude, you're terrified, you're embarrassed. And she's kind of projecting that back out to her audience and winning intellectual points as a result, end quote. Wow. Now, that like, is a quote and a half. That's where I like Whoa, concern. That's, that's the most crazy. stupid thing for him to say. Because Very stupid. He's gone way out with, oh, she's naked because it's intellectual and feminist and the power it's like, play. It's like i yeah and it's Can, like such a long answer too he's like not that i've thought about this but the reason is is because she likes to appear like she's naked to get in the conversation but then but she's not naked <laughs> yeah. but she looks like it but i don't even know what she'd look like naked i mean i think about it all the time <laughs> i mean i thought about i'm thinking honestly god bless this guy frank O'Connor, but he's he's not done his job well there like the simple answer if you want to fake it the simple answer is she's ai it she's doesn't. It wouldn't occur to her. Like the, the, she doesn't need clothes for starters, and she's not going to be embarrassed because she's AI. Like why well, would she give a I shit? I think there's a lot of sexual t- tension between Master Chief there and and, yeah. and Kutana. Um, there's I, a, I mean, there's a love story between them. Yeah. Um, the real reason is because it's a video game, and when it came out in particular, uh, boys wanted to see naked girls in their video games, and they probably still do. Um, and a, so they did that. That's ridiculous. That's, that's crazy. I mean, it's like why no one complains. Why is Mystique naked in every X Men film? <laughs> she's just never nice. I mean, she was. And you know what? This care. is yeah. no, This is where it's pissing me off, Nate. This is where it's pissing me uh-huh. off. That's fine. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> There's no nipples. There's no private parts on display. If they want to create a little blue AI person who looks kind of naked. Don't buy that game if it upsets you that much. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's like, fine in my opinion. The female Why form not? is. Do you know like, how many dudes look muscly and things, and no one gets upset about that? Like, uh, who yeah. cares? How many dude nipples do we see? Who cares? All the time. I fucking always so defensive. Dude and this is where it's all getting. <laughs> can't take my eyes off. But this is where it's getting out of hand for me. When someone asks that question, and he has to get into a, this sort of feminist, you know, power play thing. It's like that's where it's, it's all just getting out of hand. It's like you know what, dude? It's fine. Just say you know what looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> she's naked and we like it who gives a shit she's not real who cares who cares and Al <laughs> your nipples are delicious thank you I appreciate it very delicious Katana was I think we just, just really uncovered something unique in our relationship here guys you were really complimented in a strong way Al and um, and I, just I think re- we've really un- it. we've turned a uh, corner number four <laughs> Grand Theft Auto 5 is a gift that keeps on giving Oh, we had a Halloween oh surprise update. So if you slip that disc in, Nate, I have it. You're going to get a free update. Did you get it? No, I haven't played since Halloween. Get, get the update. It's available for free until November the 16th, and then oh it's my gone God, I've forever. Got two weeks. 
which is brilliant of them because it's not like the, no one's paying for this but it's like you gotta go and get it which means people have to go and otherwise you'd be like yeah I'll get to that at some point I'll update it and you never yeah. would this means people are gonna go back they're gonna play a bit more if they play a bit so more so what's the update what do, you, what do you get what do we get I'll tell you what you get you include two new vehicles the Franken stage and the Lurcher hearse both obviously Halloween themed yes. you get some new Halloween makeup options Halloween masks as yes. well as custom dashboard bobbleheads for your cars what oh that's cool and most excitingly uh, a new uh, online multiplayer eight player variant on adversary mode called Slasher um, now my friends uh, I was playing some Halo the other night and I had to leave and then they texted me saying we went over to GTA and there's this awesome new mode called Slasher and they were texting me and I got very excited we're watching the baseball game and I kind of wanted to leave because it sounded incredible <laughs> um, you, as a single shotgun armed stalker pursues the other players through complete darkness the victims have but a flashlight and a heartbeat sensor for when the killer is nearby. Survive so cool. long enough and you gain your own chosen weapon to exact revenge with. Cool. Brilliant. Slasher on GTA 5. Get, awesome. to get a group together and... Let's do it. Let's all get do on it. I'll play. Yeah. Uh, number this, five. Sorry. No, I was going to say this could, this could be the way for me to make friends. Get on and make friends. Well, that's the one way to make friends. Kill people in the dark with a flashlight. Sure. Number five. Fatal Frame. Maiden of the Black Water. We should have talked about this the other week, uh, last week, but it sort of crept out. Known as Project Zero in the EU. Snuck out on October the 22nd. Physically in the EU, but just digitally in the US. That's why we didn't know. So you go on your, you go on your store, find uh, Fatal Frame Maiden of Black Water. It's the latest in the, the big uh, Japanese horror survival series. There's no physical release date expected in the US, so don't forget about digitally downloading it. The game is free to start, so you can play the first... I played the first, like, 45 minutes or something without paying a penny. See if you like it. Uh, series kind of cool. You play, like... It's kind of like old-school Resident evil creeping Ooh. around things, but you don't have weapons. You just have an old camera obscura, um, and you, you take photos oh. of the ghosts. And the way you take photos of them as they're kind of coming at you you suck away their powers basically and they deplete and disappear from that but what's brilliant is this game's been around for ages and it it makes perfect sense for the wii u because on your controller you have the screen so you raise that up and you look through it as cool. if it's a camera and you can look around your room and you'll see stuff you see the ghost not dimension reality in the room but you'll see it as if you're looking inside the game so you can be like i've watched my screen and i'll uh, turn yeah. it behind me and there's the woods behind me through the window you know through the oh, game pad right, right, right. and there'll be this over here and you can look around and find the ghosts and take photos it makes perfect sense um and it's really cool little game see the activity cool if you've got a wii u i'd say get it because what else are you gonna play um last <laughs> point number six I'll just put this in because it's tickled me. Nintendo have chosen to censor the upcoming Western release of the highly anticipated game uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X, the newest in the, in the highly uh, beloved franchise. It came out in Japan back in April, launches in the West for Wii U only on December the 4th. A series of tweets by NeoGAF user Taigaki, I think, uh, reveals a set of costume changes for the female heroine Lin. From the images, it looks like in the Japanese version, Lin is sporting some very revealing tiny black and silver bikini costumes, which have been replaced by costumes featuring far less revealing clothing for the US version. Now, unfortunately for you guys at home, you're going to have to Google this. I'm going to show you guys what's happening. So this is how it's going to look, apparently, allegedly, for US gamers. Uh-huh. Very respectable. Uh, nice shorts, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, pretty close to the knee there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Some socks. Is this is how she looked seeing, uh, for um, Japanese games. Could have a shirt on. Okay. Um, oh. <laughs> why is there a hole in her underwear? It's like a little... So it's like a little S&M leather bikini outfit, I guess. 
definitely, yeah, Japanese. <laughs> I think I have something um, just like it. Do you? What oh, makes yeah. this even more interesting? <laughs> Your cock just goes right out to that. <laughs> <laughs> It's called the peekaboo hole. What makes this the peek peekaboo hole? Sounds enticing and extremely rash provoking. Rash provoking. Even uh, worse is that uh, in the it also appears the ages have been changed because uh, in the Japanese version she's just thirteen years old. Uh, she's oh been changed. God. <laughs> Damn! She's I actually been... have to turn this page over. I find it. She's been changed to a fifteen-year-old in the Western release. Oh, in that oh, case, oh, yeah. oh, oh. very respectable. <laughs> but like, she'll be like that as a fifteen-year-old, I guess. Um, it's not she's clear. She's a bit girthier in the American. It's not clear if this too. is the final <laughs> version, but Nintendo has a precedent of doing this kind of censorship for U.S. audiences, and they did similar costume tweaks for the release of Bravely Default a few years back. So there you go. Right. Video games, Japan. Who says they're all fashioned? Are there thirteen-year-old <laughs> girls in Japan that wear that? I mean, that is that's, that's how thirteen-year-old girls dress in Japan. Wow. Confirmed. I can't tell if that is like, like actually really, really old-fashioned in a way. I don't know. <laughs> it's just Japan's like, the only place where you get away with this shit. Like it really is. Uh, I mean, they have video games where you just take photos of you know girls posing and bending over and stuff, and that's fine. But dressing your lead protagonist in an adventure game and she's 13 years old in this is... That is wacky. That's a little bit, you know, too far. Yeah. If you want to have your, per, you know, your perverted sexy games, that's cool. Have your perverted sexy games, mm -hmm. that's fine. I mean, Japan, to be fair, have a lot of stuff about dudes as well. They're very equal in their pervertedness. <laughs> um, but that was, that was just a, a weird one. Um, all right, that's all to the news. Woo! We have this Woo! week done. Healthy amount. Yeah. Alex. Uh, where are we going to? Here we go. So I've got too much money burning a hole in my pocket and a dark thirst mm -hmm. for some contemporary sure. entertainment. I need you, yeah. sir. Yeah, Fill I mean, me in on what new morsels of delicious media have wandered into the dipped headlights of the oncoming traffic of expectation. Mm -hmm. And we can all look forward to dragging home and tucking into over the coming seven days. It's time for a little thing that we call... Chris Pratt, can you give me some money? Can you give me some money? As we look at what releases... Around well, guys, week. it's going to be a real, real quick one this week. It's, uh, But, yeah, it's going to be a quick one because there's nothing really great. Because Alex loves nothing more than a quickie. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Let's keep it short and quick. Uh, the first one and the biggest one is um, the new James Bond film, Spectre. Mm. Comes out. Directed Sam Mendes, Daniel Craig, Christopher Waltz. Uh, yeah, we kind of have talked about this a bit over the last couple of weeks. Nate, you were saying earlier you're a Bond fan. I mean, Secretly. I'm not a Bond fan, but if I nuzzled into Daniel Craig's <laughs> arms, I might think to myself, home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best sentence anyone has ever said. Al, do you, you, get, Al. The, do you get similar feelings? Um, no. <laughs> when you think of Bond? You don't have to put on because the, that would be I'm a heterosexual <laughs> face. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. No, uh, taking it um, yeah, I'm taking I'm not, it pretty far. I'm not a. Uh, I will see it for sure because I do enjoy the new Bond. I've enjoyed the Daniel Craig era more than most Bond eras. Um, but yeah, what I've heard about it doesn't make me crazy excited. I think Sam Mendes can be a great director. I heard the opening sequence is really cool. Well, yeah, the opening yeah. sequence might be the best yet. Uh, pre pre credit sequence. In That's Bond. cool. I'm into that. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm not a huge Bond fan. I mean, I liked. A few of them when I was a kid growing up. I did like the change in direction when 
Daniel Craig jumped on board and I thought Casino Royale was kind of cool. But I haven't seen any since then. Who's your favorite James Bond? Um, I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> Nate, choose. who's your favorite James Bond? Pierce Brosnan. Oh, Pierce no! Brosnan. I know, it's not the popular thing to say. But let me just tell you, that man's fucking smooth. He, he and James Bond should be smooth. He and he's one of the reasons I didn't like James he Bond. He glides through danger like a burning samurai sword through lard. Butter. <laughs> I mean, the man is I hate so I grew up classy. I grew up hating Roger Moore because I didn't like a sleazy James Bond. Like Sean Connery was played it right for me where he was cool. Yeah, I like Connery. Um, and then Pierce Brosnan was just another version of that to me. It was too sleazy. Not as sleazy as Roger Moore, but it was just like there was just this ooh, creepy sexual felt like he was gonna fiddle with that's things that's fucking should. James Bond dude I, don't I, mean, I like it I feel like he should be suave I mean I like find to be honest like, like if I'm honest with you like I, I have more fun watching Daniel Craig because he's a better, better actor but Pierce Brosnan to me is more of a James Bond yeah, I, I feel but I didn't like it when he was like catering for kids but I liked it when he was like like making, making kids, meals yeah. <laughs> I've I made like, you some pigs in a blanket <laughs> Really? He's catering for kids. <laughs> really? All right, skip on, skip on. Um, I actually, yeah, Sean Connery would be my favorite, but I do like being controversial and saying Tim- My favorite like James Bond Timothy movie Dalton. is a Sean Connery movie. Which one? It's, God, fuck, I can't, I can't remember. From Russia oh, With Love. From Russia With Love. No, I like Oh Fuck It. That's the best James Bond film. Okay. Timothy Dalton's actually the one I like to say because... Um, it pisses people off. <laughs> and I, I really enjoyed those movies. They're, they're the George only, Lazenby. Yeah, they're the only, they were the first ones. I mean, I'd seen some Sean Connery ones when I was a kid, but when the Timothy Dalton ones were the first ones where I started paying attention to it because they were really serious mm. and quite quite upsetting. At the time, I remember because there was a big drug lord in one of them. Uh-huh. And it, I found out why I was quite young and it scared the crap out of me. It was kind of sinister scared, yeah. and realistic. and um, Well, as realistic as it can be. Anyway. I mean, everything I've seen, just to want to mention, everything I've seen Daniel Craig do in the lead up to this whether it's been interviews or all the fucking bond commercials that are coming out mm-hmm. um like product placement things and then the film itself product like the trailers placement. yeah like he's well yeah uh he, he looks really uninterested in what he's doing oh he's completely just doesn't couldn't give a shit um yeah it's funny anyway moving on this film i actually talked about being released uh, a few weeks back and i don't know if i got it wrong or they pushed the release date but uh it's popped up again is having a national release this week uh, and that's the movie Room by Lenny Abrahamson and with Brie Larson. It's out again. Yeah, so I don't know if it really? was if it was pushed or, or maybe it's in a different region or something. Yeah, so go check that out. That looks really cool. We're going to preach about this for the second time. Have either of us gone to see it yet? Have any of us gone to see it yet? Nope. I really want to see. It, it. hasn't come out yet. Al it comes out today. It's been in. Th- yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, next up is the Peanuts movie. Uh, yeah. The animation. This one is. Um, trailer is great. Snoopy embarks upon his greatest oh, mission, as he and his team take to the skies to pursue the arch nemesis. While his best pal Charlie Brown, <laughs> Charlie Brown begins his own tonight. epic quest back home. Not hey, Nate, are you going to go see the Peanuts? <laughs> he looks possessed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Next, moving on. No, you no, not a Peanuts fan. <clears throat> Al, you seem pretty excited about it. No, I, honestly, we don't get Peanuts in England, so I'm obviously I know Snoopy. I love Woodstock. I had a little Woodstock cuddly since I was a kid. Uh, but we don't have like the Christmas, um, the Christmas theme that you Americans have. Do, or do, do, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Do, I, uh, but, do, oh, sorry. Go on. So, sorry, but sorry, the trailer sorry. to this film looks great because they've done what these films should do, what the Garfield ones should have done, the Smurf ones should have done. They kept the integrity 
of the art style while updating it for a modern audience. They've mm-hmm. been very smart with the art style and the humor was to have kept the integrity as well. So if you like Snoopy, this looks like a good modernization. Here, here. And there we go. What are you going to say? Exactly what you said. we're going to say. Beautiful. Uh, lastly, coming up <laughs> is um, a film called Spotlight directed by Tom McCarthy, who is an actor that uh, pops up in a lot of things. You probably recognize him if you saw him. Look him up. <laughs> That dude. Uh, uh, that dude. It stars uh, Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton, oh. Rachel McAdams, Liev Schreiber, and Stanley oh. Tucci. This is the true story of how the Boston Globe uncovered the massive scandal of child molestation oh. and cover up, <laughs> and the cover up within the local um, Catholic archdiocese, shaking the entire Catholic Church to its core. Pretty I serious love drama. Me some Mark Ruffalo. Crazy, crazy big cast. Mark Ruffalo is the coolest man on earth. He is. Yeah. He is probably. Yes. So watch him in this. Watch him ruffle some feathers. That was you in your commercial. That was so that's all that's hit in the screens. Yeah, <laughs> that's all that's hitting the screens this week. As you can show, is in here by my enthusiasm. I'm gonna go watch them all. So out of those films, we're gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say Room again. Yeah, Room. Go see Room. We haven't seen that. Go see it. Yeah. Uh, moving on, a couple of game releases. We've got video games. Video games coming out on November third. Okay. Yeah, this is just a couple here. We've got uh, Need for Speed on Xbox One, PS4, PC. Still relevant that game, Al? Still. This is a reboot. A reboot. Uh, Need for Speed. People fucking love the Need for Speed games, and this is their rebooties. Yeah. Um, people like it. It's gonna be quick. Great. Air conflicts, specific carry- carriers coming out on PS4. <laughs> Peanuts, Snoopy's Grand Adventure. It's coming out on Xbox One, 360, oh, PS4, Wii U, 3DS. Um, and coming out not on November 3rd, but on November 6th, which is the Friday Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Codblops 3. Codblops. Codblops 3. <laughs> Block Ops. That's what it's called. Uh, yeah, Call of Duty. Cool. Biggest game of the year. Excited now? Are you going to get it? Uh, I'm going to get it. I am not excited. I am a chump. Okay. I mm. hate Call of Duties. And finally, coming out on DVD and Blu-ray on November 3rd, and this is one I'm particularly looking forward to, Lava Lantula. Oh, oh that's great. Have you seen the trailer for this? No, I haven't. So this is about volcanic eruptions in Los Angeles, which unleash a swarm of gigantic lava-breathing tarantulas. It's happening. No! Lava Lantula! Ah! Watch out! Watch out! Stop spraying your hair! Oh no! I haven't auditioned for <laughs> your clothes. Ah! Naked girls, not confirmed. Um, so wow. just, just to confirm, this is this. That is, was the trailer. This is the documentary, uh, Love Alanchula. Yeah, the documentary. Uh, this happened a few years ago, I think, uh, around 2014. No, no, 2014, 2012. Uh, when there were several, uh, yeah, volcanic eruptions. Is this by any chance by the same people who did like Sharknado? And- Another amazing documentary. Uh, <laughs> Those poor people. Yeah. <laughs> this is by the people that did Blackfish. <laughs> <laughs> and Fast Food Nation, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. All right. So that's what's hitting. That's it. Well played. Go get yourself oh, played out there. Sky Lodge? No. Guy Lodge, I did look up some Guy Lodge. Uh, there was uh, some lodgisms, as we like to call them. <laughs> yeah, there was. Got to get me some of that guy. There was a couple Lodge. I looked well, up. Another well, you have a you, quick look. I'll go have a yeah. quick look. I'm just going to tell you on. a little bit more on the box office. Uh, sorry, not on the box office. Um, releases. So yeah, this week Halo Five came out. Did not do that great. Shocking. What? Shocking. 
but uh, for for a Halo game, it didn't do that great. Uh, the weekly data, and this is from the UK because it's been out there slightly longer, showed that Halo Five in the UK did fifty percent more business in Halo Master Chief Collection in its first week. Uh, but it had a, a uh, sorry, it had a weaker opening than Halo ODST, which is pretty shocking. Um, so yeah, as it stands, I mean, Halo Reach seems to be its peak um, when it sold 390,000. Uh, uh, it looks like Halo 5 just sold 160,000. Uh, oh. Which is in the UK, again. Uh, numbers aren't in for the US. But still, definitely it's charting low for a Halo game. Um, is Did Halo 4 lose people? Or people just getting fed up with the same old thing? And there was definitely a lot of heavy marketing behind it. A lot of heavy marketing. I feel like maybe there's some resentment after Master Chief Collection of being like, all right. Too much. Like, just, yeah. Too much. Like, why don't you just, like, not release something for a while? A lot of people didn't enjoy Halo 4. When Bungie left and a different developer took over, some mm-hmm. people weren't on board with that. But I'm here to say, go buy that game, because it's fucking great, um, if you've enjoyed any of the other Halos. I'm also here to say, go watch Steve Jobs. And we'll get into that in a minute. That was a little teaser. Alex! Uh, here's a little quote from Guy Lodge, not movie-related, but he did say, Love the description of a pair of men's boots on a clothing website as, Assuredly rugged, or... Stylish and expensive, but no homo. <laughs> guy, you're trying Lodge. too hard. Lodge. I want you to go back to your roots, guy. It's like you've sold out and you're just like commercialized reviewing. <laughs> Give us an email, Lodge. Um, so Craig, uh, our, our dear old our fan and our friend, Craig Caban. That rhymed. Uh, writes into us just as you can at wearetessellateatoutlook.com. Um, so it's three-act play structure for Steve Jobs, yay or nay. Now, you guys haven't seen Steve Jobs yet, have you? Yeah, why don't you start it off and I'll maybe talk. Have uh, you seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet, but I can maybe talk. About it for you. So yeah, this was, we talked a little bit about Steve Jobs last week. I didn't feel I'd need to talk much about it because I thought it was going to do really well. Here's what happened. Steve Jobs fucking bombed um, and no one's going to see it. It made $500,000 more in its opening weekend than the Ashton Kutcher Jobs film made. Oh, boy. Uh, which is disgraceful um so we're gonna get into this now bradley cooper's burnt came out it made just five million at a box office during its open weekend which is paltry david golden green slander bullet movie our brand is crisis made just 3.4 million making it the worst wide-scale release of her career scout's guide to the zombie apocalypse bombed and made just 1.8 million dollars wow and steve jobs on its second weekend continues to disappoint at a box office with just 2.6 million placing it 10th during its opening weekend it made just half a million more any Ashton Kutcher jobs movie of 2012. Now, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know why people aren't going to see Steve Jobs. I don't know if the other film came out too recently for them, if they feel it's going to be too highbrow, if I don't know. Fucking go see that movie. I know Maybe. last week I said I had some problems with it. It's a superb movie. It's a really great movie. Um, most people, like people love the newsroom. People love West Wing. And you know, I think it has to do with like... love Danny Boyle. There was so much attention to Steve Jobs when he died. And there was, there's been so much stuff come out about Steve Jobs. Yep. I feel like it's kind of hitting at a Steve Jobs but fatigue. That's point. why this is great. Like honestly, so I'm going to sell it very quickly. Okay. Just give me a minute or something. Go for it. Um, the reason why this film is great is because, yeah, like the thing I said last week, you don't really learn much about him from an autobiographical way. You don't. You learn very personable, intimate things about him as a character, uh, which is very interesting. It doesn't do the normal biopic thing of going through the, all the you know, regular checkpoints um, and all the highs and lows you'd expect. It has a completely different structure, which is what Craig Caban is writing in about, the three-act structure 
uh, where it does it like a play. And this was the best and the worst thing about the film is it is like theater. Um, you have the same actors in each bit. It's just split into three sections. Each piece is, like I said before, about half an hour before he goes on to present a new release uh, leading up to 1998. And it's phenomenal because it's really refreshing, really interesting, focused, drama, acting. You know, it's a real actor-actors film um, way of showcasing a character like that. It's detrimental because, yeah, it's, it lives in a kind of weird theatrical world. It's not in a film world. It's not in a real world. It's a very theatrical world. These people would not be turning up the same people all the time. They wouldn't be continuing conversations they had 10 years ago. Um, and it wouldn't always be that hectic 10, 15 minutes before he goes on stage, you know, with all this drama and family crisis and blah, blah, blah. It feels, yeah, contrived in a theatrical way. But if you look at it as a piece of theater... Uh, the narrative is, is great and the directing is beautiful it's not quite as bold as Danny Boyle would normally do uh -huh. but there are certainly Danny Boyleisms in it the acting's superb um, and it's just a, it's a, there's been a lot of big movies this year which have been great really blockbusters which have been really fun um, this is one of the few movies this year which isn't a blockbuster and it's not some obscure little art house thing it's just a really fucking good movie with great dialogue and great acting um, please go mm. see it How's it been going? Do you know how it's performed outside of the US? No, I don't actually. Um, I'll look into it. Yeah, international, you would expect it to do better. Uh, not to be snobby, but that's just how those movies mm -hmm. normally work. Well, yeah. you know, given what you said, I mean, I, I feel like my instinct would be to be like, well, then why isn't it a play? But then I actually think that that's not true. I no. think that there is a place for theatrical yeah, cinema. And I think there is a good place for like the three-act structure in cinema. And I think it would be limiting to say, like, okay, just because it's not taking place at 100 different locations yeah, and, yeah. like, over some crazy, like, kind of non-linear storyline that, okay, well, then, then it's a movie. It's like, no, I feel like movies can be simple and they mm -hmm. can be oh, absolutely. local. And no, like, I think this one's a way you can do that in a realistic way. This one is done in quite a... Everything's too busy. Okay. Too busy and too many recurring characters as if, well, we only have this many people on the yeah, cast, like yeah. a play, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's a problem. It's only a problem if you go in with your expectations. I went in expecting a social network film. Right. Because it's written by Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and it's not. It's a very different beast, very confident, very unique. Um, and it does have its problems, but it's a superb film and definitely a very refreshing one. Well, I and need, not what people expect. I need to watch it. So please, people, take a chance. Go see this movie. Give it some money because it deserves it. So that leads us straight into the box office. Now, last week, this is what we guessed. Uh hadn't had a good couple of weeks i guess goosebumps at number one number two the martian number three paranormal activity climbing up for halloween <laughs> nate guessed goosebumps the martian and scout's guide to the zombie apocalypse spoilers you already know what happened with that one alex guessed goosebumps paranormal activity climbing up to number two and then scout's guide and then burn at number four we already know none of us were right but let's see what actually happened. Uh, paranormal activity let's just quickly say and i, I was going to do a piece on this but we're overrunning so i don't want to talk about it too much mind-boggling what's happened with that film so it came out the week weekend before halloween in the u.s it was on every cinema pretty much in la we then wanted to go see it this weekend it was i could only find it on in seven cinemas in all of maine la it was on nowhere else. it was like just disappeared at least 75 percent of the cinema and just no exaggeration 75 percent of cinema so if i had 10 cinemas around me that i look at on my app they were all showing paranormal activity the weekend before halloween halloween weekend three to four of them were showing it that's it. Went off everything else. Wow. Halloween weekend. Didn't understand. I genuinely thought, I went online to see if there was a story I missed where the producers offended people or something and they pulled it because I was like, why would you do that? It's Halloween. Yeah. Um, so very strange. This is what happened. The weekend box office. 
at uh, well, we're going to start a little lower because number twelve was Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Jeez, man, no. was that off? Number eleven was The Intern. Number ten was Steve Jobs. Number nine was Crimson Peak. Number eight was Our Brand is Crisis. Number seven was Paranormal: The Ghost Dimension. Yeah, not doing great. Three and a half million. Um, total gross though is thirteen and a half million, which considering its budget, oh, I can't believe you never said the bridge. Probably a ton of money. Sorry. Uh, number six, The Last Witch Hunter. Number five, Burnt. Number four, Hotel Transylvania. Duh. Top three films this weekend in the US. Number three, Bridge of Spies. Number two, Goosebumps. And number one, The Fucking Martian. Still there at number Have one. Have you seen The Martian yet? Yeah, we saw it weeks ago. Oh, you did? I out. just watched it last, last did you week. Watch it? Yeah. Did you talk about it last weekend or did you just watch it this week? I just watched it this week, I think. How do you, how do you like it? I thought it was interesting. I thought it's kind of been, I, I, I had a funny experience watching it because I watched it alone and mm. I rarely go to the cinema alone and it's kind of a different thing. Oh, yeah, I feel like great. movies are more overwhelming when you're mm. alone. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of overwhelmed with it. I thought parts of it were cheesy, but I liked, I liked a lot of the metaphors for relationships in the movie. Like that scene where they're like tethered, but it's like messy and they like collide and it's, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was interesting in the sense that it was about relationships. It's a lot more of a fun movie than I thought. Like I said, I thought it was just going to be a dude stranded and very emotional and depressing. Uh-huh. Um, and it's not. It's a very it's an ensemble film. A lot of characters. And quite funny. Yeah. I thought it was Which I didn't good. expect. Uh, just to clarify, The Room, in its first release last weekend, uh, is at number 22. So we're all wrong. We were. What's going to happen this weekend? What's, gonna, what's coming out again, Alex? We've got... A little Bond. tiny film called The James Bond. The James Bond. Uh, room, again. Peanuts, Ruby, and Spotlight. I'm, all right. Who wants to go first? I'm going to say Bond at number one. Mm. Marsh at number two. Mm. I'm going to say Peanuts movie number three. I'm almost the same. I'm Bond, Peanuts, Martian. I'm actually going to... I'd like to say Peanuts. I don't know. I'm going to say, I mean, can it push Goosebumps? Because Goosebumps is doing really strong. Just to clarify, the Martians at 11.5 million this weekend. Goosebumps made 10 and 2 million. I'm actually going to say Bond, the Martian, and Goosebumps. Okay. Um, I don't think Peanuts will quite get there yet, but I think it might crawl a little higher the weekend afterwards. Um, But I hope it does, because it looks much more interesting, I think, than Goosebumps to me. So there you go. That was what happened with the boxes, with the offices. Um, and their so mutual joining all that stuff we are skipping then the old uh, quiz I'm just going for a little topic uh, quickly which we uh, preluded last weekend or last weekend last podcast um, which was really about I had something else I want to say with this man uh, it was really about the middle tier of video games dropping out uh, and how that's now affecting the industry. What does it mean for the expanding open world titles when nobody had the time to play them? So last week we went through a list of the film, the game, sorry, which had come out already in the last couple of months and then the games are coming out in the next couple of months. I'm just going to go through them again one more time. Digest them. Let them come at you. Soak me in them. So these are the games that have come out on different consoles, not including PC. For the last couple of months. You've got Rare Replay, which you have 30 fucking games in itself. Dishonored, Gears of War, 
uh, the remastered version, Ma- uh, Madden NFL 16, Until Dawn, Mad Max, Metal Gear Solid 5, Tearaway Unfolded, Super Mario Maker, Forza 6, FIFA 16, NBA 2K 16, Disgaea 5, Rock Band 4, Uncharted The Nathan Drake Collection, Yoshi's Woolly World, Guitar Hero Live, Assassin's Creed, Syndicate, Halo 5, Guardians. Come in the next couple of months, you've got Rainbow Six Siege, Need for Speeds, Call of Duty Black Ops 3 or Cod Blops, Fallout 4, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Star Wars Battlefront, Just Cause 3, Xenoblade Chronicles X with more clothing, Hitman, and no No Man's Sky anymore. So that was off the table because that's the whole universe. So, Thank you. So here's the thing. That's a crazy list. Here's the thing, guys. Video games. Now, is this an age thing? Is this so? I'm I'm getting uh, old. I have less time to play video games. Sadly, uh-huh. the video games that speak to me personally have always been escapism video games. So it's less about the challenge and the fun. It's more about having a world I can explore. It's more and cinematic. Own, exactly. Something I can go into and just you know feel I'm existing in a different place and then mm-hmm. take my time with it. Now, open world games have become increasingly permeating every structure of video games. Everything's turning open world. Uh, so just at the moment we've got like Mad Max we've got Metal Gear Solid I'm still doing with The Witcher 3 we've got Assassin's Creed Syndicate then we've got Fallout 4 coming this month enormous open world we've got Just Cause 3 enormous open world Xenoblade Chronicles big open world um, Star Wars Battlefront in a weird way is there's no possible way I can play even a quarter of these games this can't be done now when I was growing up a lot of video games came out PS2 era phenomenal amount of video games came out but most weren't that great that was kind of the thing just bring out quantity over quality mm-hmm. nowadays I feel we've got an incredible like the middle tiers dropped out just like it has with the film industry just like it really has with the music industry and you're left with people doing little indie things we just have a group of maybe three to ten people making a video game over one or two years and they can put it out and they can make a ton of money or they can just make enough to get by or they don't make enough whatever um, but they can make shitloads when that pays off and it works and then you have the AAA titles. Now, these are the ones where you're putting down, you know, like uh, Age of Ultron movie. You're putting down huge amounts of money. And obviously not that scale of money, but for the, uh, for the uh, balance of it, it is. And they need, it has to pay off. It has to pay off. Um, and there's no gap anymore between them. They just keep them coming, constantly coming. And they're just banking on you, buying them, and buying them, and buying them. And really, if you just, you could just buy one of these. Like, Metal Gear Solid 5. Witcher 3, um, even Assassin's Creed, Mad Max. You could just play that all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grand right. Theft Auto. That would do you for a couple of years, Grand Theft Auto 5. Yeah. Why would you need any other game? You can go golfing in it. You can go go-kart racing. Right. Tennis. You can go tennis. Abseiling. Skydiving. Probably not abseiling. You can do almost anything you want in these video games. My question is to you guys, I want you guys to talk about it for a little bit. Where are video games going to go to? when it gets to the point where people are going to stop buying these AAA titles because we just don't have the time to play them? Or do you just think it's our age and do you think kids do have the time to play them? Or do you think kids are just buying one title a year still um, and just sticking with that? Like, how do you think the approach is nowadays? Because it feels like a different beast from when, when I was growing up. Well, I mean, I don't think I could say with any authority about where video games are going. I think it, I've, I think there's an interesting parallel between where what's happening with television and what's happening with video games. If you look at these um, ongoing series that are happening, these big worlds, like if you look at the wire 
And if you look at the number of series that have coming out and they're calling it like the TV renaissance and just the amount of content and it's the same experience, like how can I keep up with all these mm. shows? Who has the time to watch all these shows? It's true. And they're quality shows too. Mm-hmm. It seems like the same thing is happening in video games and where it's all going to go. I don't know. So there's too much talent a problem in a way? No, I don't think it's a problem. I think the only thing that I personally like wonder about is like a lot of these games have communities and the community is part of the gameplay and talking about the game, just like a show. It's like you watch the show and then you talk about the show and the characters become sort of like recurring themes in the community. And like when there are all these got these options, you know, I, I think, I think that, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I think. I think, I think you're it right. changes. I think it changes the dynamic of video games being of a communal experience to right. a more like personal, Absolutely. isolated experience. But I think I could agree with you with TV shows. This is my problem. I kind of opt out of TV a lot now because it terrifies me. I'm like, yeah, there's way too much and I can't handle it. Like I can't handle it. And I want to be a part of conversation. I like to be able to talk with a little bit of, you know, knowledge about the things people are talking about and be on top of what's, you know, relevant right now and blah, blah, blah. And I can't possibly do it. If I even attempted to do that, I have no time to do anything else in my life because there's so much TV. So I have a couple of shows, which to me, they're mine, and I rarely talk about them. And I become like kind of like you say, more introspective in a way. You know, I have my shows, it's like my, my music. I used to go around shouting people, I want people to listen to this music. It became so overblown to things like it, where I just kind of now just go, well, these are just for me. And I don't tell people about it, and I don't really talk about it as much. And in a weird way, the conversation stops. I don't talk about TV with people because I... I don't want to open that door Hmm. you know what i mean and with video games yeah you're right like the community is such a big thing in a video game and i want to try all these games because i want to know maybe i'm missing the game which is the best game i've ever played and i don't want to miss that and considering so many now are going open world that's you know one of my personal favorite things it's like well i have to you don't unless you give a you know you can't test metal gear solid in a couple of hours yeah yeah you have to give it a huge portion of time the witch is the same Mad Max is a little bit easier. You can dip in and get a good idea of what that is. But you still, have this, it's a lot of time in your life to give to something. And I can't settle because I start playing. I actually get a night where I'm like, this is the night. I'm going to play Metal Gear or something. And I'll sit down and my head's just going, what about this game and this game and this game and this game and this game that I haven't really put any hours into yet or I haven't started yet and I want to be able to like know which one's the best. And I can never settle because there's too much similar great enormous meaty triple a content out there um and it's almost too much of a good thing hmm. i I, th- I think that's i think it's interesting i don't know i just feel i think a lot of games too are like i think there's more creative deals being made where they're able to sell certain aspects of the game like textures and mm-hmm. environments so i think what you're seeing is a lot of like new ideas with sort of like bartered or recycled environments that mm. are being like adapted and customized. But I think as coding gets better, it's like easier and easier to make this open world thing look really fucking cool, you mm. know? And it's just a case of like repackaging it based on whatever idea or concept there is. I'm just wondering, though, because, like, I mean, if reflecting a bit in yeah, Halo sales this week, you know, still good numbers, but for a Halo game, not great. About midway, you know, if not less for a Halo game. Um, and it just makes you kind of think part of that fatigue 
isn't just because of Halo. Part of that fatigue is AAA titles coming out, and there's too much. And there's like, well, we just had a Batman, and we just had a you know all this stuff. Like, how much can we really dig into? Like, a, how much money can people spend? Yeah, absolutely. I, def- I definitely think money comes into it. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to invest this much in games, so it could be only a number of titles. It could be one title. Um, and like my experience having gone to E3 with you and having been out of gaming for a long time, the thing that, that really struck me, and I think I spoke about it in the special, was the, was the fact that, that, yes, there's that, there's no middle ground. It's either like big, big titles or these really amazing or sort of like broad, diverse indie games. But I think then the individual can really kind of factor in how much time they have, what their financial constraints are what type of games they want to play and can like cater to their individual needs. So you do lose a bit of that community. But then with the big titles, I think in gaming is like the thing that I've noticed is people's loyalties are so strong to their, their franchises. Yeah. Um, they've opted into something that. Yeah. And like, um, you know, people might commit only to that game and just stick with it and ride it out until the next in the series comes along. Um, um, because yeah, it is, it is hard. I mean, I feel I'm in that position at the moment where I've started maybe three games and I want to progress in them, but it's like finding that time to commit to one and, and yeah. not the other, but, but there's a reason why, you know, so you've just got back into gaming really. And you've mm. been, you know, you've got GTA, you've got two Assassin's Creed, you've got Far Cry, you've got Witcher, you've got, um, you know, all these games. And you play a little bit of all of them, basically, and you know how great they are. There's a reason why you finished Until Dawn and Uncharted yeah. 2. You're about to finish. You'll move on Uncharted 3, and I guarantee you'll finish Uncharted 3. Yeah. And there's a reason for that that you and I were talking about earlier, and it's partly the fact that these are shorter experiences. Yeah, Tomb Raider, finish that. Yeah, totally. GTA, Assassin's Creed. Well, GTA is a big one, to be fair, but you've, you've finished that before, haven't you? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and but the thing is, you know, they affect, like losing that middle ground, the same as with film. Um, you know, it, with music to a lesser extent because it's not as expensive, but it destroys companies and game companies over the last six to ten years have been closing down enorm- like just such a rapid rate. It's terrifying. And these are established companies and you'll know ones where, you know, huge, like some of the biggest games in that genre will come out and they won't perform big enough and uh, that developer will just get dropped and then the publisher will just crumble like huge ones like THQ and then what Konami is doing recently as well yeah yeah and th- these are the biggest names you know I'm sure they're not quite Ubisoft and they're quite EA but these are the, the old giants that are falling and it's because they have to put so much money into these games because we expect so much we expect it to be open world we expect everything to be perfect we expect every option and if one of those games doesn't perform then it really fucking hurts like it yeah, really yeah. hurts them and I get terrified now when I hear about the dates of releases getting pushed around because I remember a few years ago, it'd be, well, you don't release in this period and then October, November, that's the time just for Christmas. Everything comes out and then it seems, well, games get pushed into February. That became the new month. New month. It was like February and beginning of March and then nothing ever in summer. Summer's the month, you know, you have three months, nothing ever comes out. That's when you get to play stuff and people are going outside and people are on holiday. People don't want to spend that money on video games. And they understood that, and you'd get little indie games came out. You used to get Summer of Arcade on the Xbox 360, where they would try and promote five or six little tiny indie games to make some money from us in the summer months. That's not the case now. Over the last two years, but this year in particular, it is 
it doesn't stop and the games get pushed into every month and every little nook and then you're looking at stuff like oh this this game is a big game but it's crazy to release that month because there's a halo coming out or there's an uncharted coming out or whatever it is and so well where else can they run to like it used to be they could run to different places they can't anymore like every month is littered with huge video games and i'm convinced the industry is going to eat itself up like i'm convinced that well you it's might, gonna swallow you might see more of like a subscription-based thing you know like like netflix kind of deal for games where it's like maybe there can be some creative deals between they keep trying it, but we're just not there yet for streaming working. we're not there yeah yeah they've tried it on a bunch like on live tried it playstation have now where you can do that with old games but uh-huh. It's just not there for the streaming for most work. people. And regardless of that, I mean, it's good for old titles, but in a way it kind of cripples them because the licensing for new titles doesn't doesn't give the payback, you know, and they're still having to invest that much in, in creating a new title. Hmm. Um, and then the money you get from that kind of, of platform doesn't really work yet for games for them to get their you know dollar back in their pocket. Um, and then in a similar way to musicians, like nowadays, you know, an album... You have to, you know, as a musician, it used to be you can make an album and you could come back four to five years later and still be relevant. Now it's like you can't disappear for six months. Like you have to keep something being released all the time or you're not relevant. And it's the same video games. They just, you know, they have to keep stuff like has to come out all the time. Like Assassin's Creed every year, Coblops every year. Unless you're Rockstar. Unless you're Rockstar. And you yeah. can just... Well, Rockstar are like the Radiohead. Make a crazy... Oh, yeah. video yeah, games. They, they get to just do whatever they want, whenever they want. And you know they're good enough to people pay attention when they want them to um because yeah they release a game and they make a billion and it makes more than the last four call of duties made but during the time frame probably makes a little bit less money than the call of duties made and if they're listening to this i'm still waiting for the next red dead sequel give us red dead please 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 um interesting topic but yeah where what'll happen no one knows i don't know where i mean yeah there's no way out of it um, I just think, well, I mean, I'm hoping there's a way. <laughs> so, I mean, you think to, just to kind of summarize some of these thoughts, do you feel that then too much choice is, is, uh, I think we devalue things. Yeah. Like I say, I've opted out of TV a lot because there's too much good TV, um, video games. I'm at that point where it's like, I'm struggling to hang on and I'm determined to hang on, but I can't hang on cause I don't have that much time. Um, and movies, there's always such a huge amount of movies, but there's movies across every... Like, movies... I know the middle tier has dropped out, but I feel it kind of hasn't. Like, what we call low-budget movies is pretty big-budget movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they, they call... There's some 18 million, 20 million, 24 million movies, which they call low-budget movies. And well, it's not really... That's a middle-tier yeah. movie. Um, so I don't think it's fallen out quite as much as people say with films. But Def- no, no. But with video games, it's, it's just... I don't know, man. I don't know. It just... It worries me. It worries me... And I hope it's just that I'm old and I hope it's just that I have more money well, you know, so I can it, buy it more It really options. might be that. Like, you know, like when you're younger, you like, you get fixated on a certain game, mm. you know, and then it's like all you want is you just want that one game. You'll yeah. fucking play the shit out of that game. But now you're older and you're like, I want to develop an eclectic taste. I want to play numerous games. But with these open worlds, it's like, no, oh, it's not practical. It's like, I can't do that. I can't fit that in my schedule. So I would be I happy. Guess. I would be very happy if, you know, if just two of these games came out in a year that'd make me happy honestly yeah like, less choice would make me happy yeah totally less no i get that would make me happy and i feel they would make i mean i don't know i'm not a businessman in this kind of way but i feel that the companies would do better in a way if you yeah, released yeah. less but they sold more you know 
But that's a big jump for a company to do because if none of the other companies are doing that, you get left behind. Yeah. But if all the companies kind of just had met up and just said, hey, how about next year we each just release three titles and we let each other breathe and we don't have to put in such big investments that we could fold our company if we have a bad year, you know? Well, like that, we that give- happens in industry. Like that's companies do that. They get together and they're like, this war has got to end. I know, but I just don't think they ever will with video games. And I think the different proprietary consoles make it even more of a problem. I think if you just had that one box, like you do for any other medium of entertainment, you know, like you don't have different CD players. Yeah. For different, you know, developers of CDs, you, know, you don't have different Blu-ray players. Um, I think that's another big problem. Is that you have a format war which always has competition. Um, yeah. Anyway, there you go. I don't know really where the, that was going. No, no, it was interesting. That's definitely something that's. I bet a lot of people are experiencing that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I'm in that way at the moment of just not enough time, lots of, yeah. And having these open world games that you want to take the time, you want to explore them. And it's just like, but if I start that, I can't do that one. <laughs> so yeah. where do I go? Like how much time do so I So weirdly have? you end up going, and I do this for TV as well. Oh, well, how many seasons does that have? How many episodes yeah, is yeah. in that season? And weirdly, quite often, I will watch my second tier ones that I'm excited to watch or play maybe my second tier ones because I know I don't have to invest all the time that would then mean. Like, I could just play Metal Gear or I could play these three other titles. Now, these three other titles, I don't think will personally speak to me quite as much as Metal Gear, but I get three experiences and three experiences and maybe one of them doesn't speak to me that much. Mm -hmm. And I'm the same with TV. I'm like, well, I can watch these three short ones that got (laughs) cancelled or of shorter seasons. Or I could watch this fucking five season, 24 episode per season, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, it's so- funny. It's like starting uh, Uncharted this week was a real break for me because over the last few weeks, it's been easier for me to play and experience the repetition of NBA 2K16 and doing the career mode. Which is essentially the same thing every day rather than committing to yeah, one of these learn. bigger yeah, games yeah, yeah. Where, where it's just like yeah. a big commitment into time and like wanting to explore these worlds it's like it's just easier if I just play a basketball game like no, that, I think it's one of the night. reasons why sports games so like every year no matter how well anything sells yeah, Call of Duty and Madden or Call of Duty and FIFA in the UK yeah. they're the two things that most console owners play and that's all they will buy all year that's all stats show like that's all they'll buy those two games every year nothing else if any more just for hardcore gamers really yeah um and i think the yeah, part of the reason for that is exactly what you're saying you play a sports game and call of duty it's normally for the multiplayer um you're playing things that you can just dip into for 10 minutes and you kid yourself well i can just play a little bit of this like yeah. that's all i really need to play i'm not and then i'm not just sitting down and going okay i'm gonna play two hours of witcher or whatever um and and in a way, it's the same with TV shows instead of movies. You sit down and it's like, well, it's late. I'll watch a bit of a TV show rather than a movie because yeah. a movie is a big investment of time. I will watch longer of the TV show than a one and a half <laughs> yeah, hour yeah, movie so would have taken. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with the sports games and the multiplayer games. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the amount of hours you put into a FIFA or something are astronomically larger yeah. than you put into a regular video game. Yeah. But you could just feed it through all, all, all the time. Little slices. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. Well, thanks it for is, yeah. that. Or boring. No, 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 no cool. interesting. Uh, our topic. dear old friend Haruka asks us, what are our porn star names? Uh, Sammy. Had, no, please. How does a porn star name work again? First street name and first pet name? Or first pet name and first street name? Okay. It's a street name. That's, that's, that, was the, that was how I 
You're gone off. Did you have another different way, Nate? No, I think that's right. I think that's right. So I'm Sam. It was something to do with your mother's maiden name, wasn't it, or something? There's, there's varieties. The variety that I've always gone by back in Australia was First Pet and First Street. Okay. So I'm Sammy Chartley. He's an English gentleman Sammy with a 13-inch penis. <laughs> 13? Well, sorry, I exaggerated. 12. <laughs> and he wears a monocle. I am Fifth Mac. <laughs> nice. Fifth Mac. That's great. Thanks, man. That's good. I have a big brown poodle. <laughs> um... I'm trying to remember my first because I had a little gerbils when I was a kid and I don't think I remember any of their names. Kill Just say gerbil. I think the first name I remember is Lee for a pet, which was my parakeet. Um, and my road, I think it's East Lee or Lee. No, it'd be Lee East, wouldn't it? Because how much around is it? Lee yeah. East. Is, <laughs> it your pet? That. is it your pet's name first? Pet of the Yeah, street. I think it's Lee East. Lee You're East. right, I'm Lee East. <laughs> Um, so there you go, Haruka. <laughs> she wrote in to us as you can. We are tessellate at outlook.com. Uh, Haruka, if you're listening, please uh, email us your yeah. porn yes. star name. Let us let people know next week what your uh, porn star name is. Um, not your actual porn star name, but your. Yeah, those those one. were our fake <laughs> porn star <laughs> names, they're, they're not our professional look, can, working names. You can see our, uh, our content. Um, Chub Fatly. All right. Every week we get to this point, and I'm just going to take a breather for 10 seconds. Because I get to this point, and I think, fuck, I missed something, didn't I? <laughs> and I normally have, but I normally feel the burden of time Do you want me, me to uh, just vamp for the next? Do, yeah, do a little Nate vamp. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, well. Um, this is a good nap. This is a good vamp. Yeah. And certainly the pressure of having a vamp is making me go hey, uh, man, you draw, draw a blank here. And I'm getting no help from the Mr. Chard right now. He's oh, I've, I've, right. I've faded. I faded. He's faded. Ago. He's tired. Everyone's quite tired. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is good. I cried right three. Now. I I cried three times watching The Martian. What? I had this amazing night. I got locked out at like five, and Melissa wasn't getting back till eleven thirty. So I was like, "What am I going to do with my time?" And I was like, "Oh, I'll go to the movies." And it was like, boom! I was in The Martian. I watched it. It's like. I have a movie theater block from my house. It was perfect. Then afterwards, I still had time. I was like, I'll go to the bookstore. Then I like read for an hour in the bookstore and bought some books. And then I was like, called my brother. I was like, you want me for a drink? And he was like, we had a drink. And I was like, the best thing that could have happened to me that night. That's a great was that That's I was great. Out of when, the you house. Get, when you get time placed upon you where you don't, where you're not meant, it, nothing's expected of you. Yeah. It's a gift. It was, who was, it? Who was that talking about? I was talking to a friend a of mine. I think it was Shannon, actually. And we're talking about when you're in the shower. That's the only true time that you get to be creative. Because at any other point in your life, these days, you're, things are expected of you. Yeah. You're expected to be checking your phone, checking your email, you know, totally. doing something, whatever it is. When you're in the shower, it's like you can't do anything else. You're no there. one can talk to you. It's the only time your phone isn't going to be lighting up. And yeah, when you have time like that, where it's just, oh, I can't get into my house and my you know, partner of life isn't there or whatever. It's sad. But at the same time, it's like I get some time now totally. where I just have to be me. And like... I forgot how good it feels to see a movie on my own. Oh, it's so good, man. I love, I like, I'm going to do it like a lot more, I think. Can I come with you? (laughs) Can we have personal experiences together? (laughs) Um, Can I share a little story? Please. Two stories, actually. Uh, In the shower, I often find myself, (laughs) not anymore. We got through a whole show. (laughs) I often uh, like to improvise monologues in the shower. Oh, nice. 
Anyway, that just remains. Do you sing them? No, no, I just talk in different voices. Oh, like like natives every day. (laughs) Uh, But a story this this week, this weekend, um, Bethany uh, built a frame for our lounge. We went to Home Depot. She bought all this wood. She had all these plans. And very, very, very sweet of her, while she was constructing it, she said, I hope this doesn't, affect your sense of manliness and i was like no no of course not and i was thinking about that and i'm like no of course it doesn't because i dress up in costumes and pretend to be people for a living <laughs> why would that affect my manliness, manliness. Yeah. i sing and dance <laughs> <laughs> i sing and dance at request and for money <laughs> oh so that's funny that's a sweet but no we have a wonderful couch now that's yeah cool. yeah awesome. done now. yeah that's yeah. great when do we when do we all get invited um, I've never know. been invited. Have you been invited? Never. Not it's probably once. about the size of this room, but you know, there's enough for us to sit on the couch and watch a movie together. I like it. That sounds individually. Can we have a? Personal, <laughs> can we have a do we take it in turns? <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. No, that's for sure. I don't really miss much other than indie. I was just checking the Friday Thirteenth game that we keep chatting about. That's on Kickstarter. It's not there yet. I presumed it'd be there. It's not there. It's had $592,000 out of the $700,000 it needs. We've got 10 more days to go. This is a game that's been made by Gum Media. Looks fucking great. We've got all of the originals. Sean Cunningham. We've got uh, Tom Savini. We've got Kane Hodder. Uh, we've got Manfrotini, the musician. Everyone. Is that Manfrotini? Or whatever his name. Everyone pretty much that was important that was involved with the original Friday 13th series is doing this game. Get the fuck on it, guys. Please, I need to play this video game. If this doesn't happen, I'm going to be pissed off. And I'm, I'm only looking at you two because you're the only people in the room. I'm looking at anybody who's listening to this. Just your put into Google. Your eyes are piercing everyone. I'm looking straight I into your nothing. eyeballs right I'm, now. Yeah. I'm not going to donate. Just saying. Just go to Kickstarter. Google it. Google Kickstarter Friday the 13th. Uh, game if you need to, but you should just get it Friday the 13th. Right, Kickstarter. Just back this goddamn project, please. Donate on behalf of Nate and I <laughs> so we can play the game. So I can play this video game. Um, also, it's a noble cause. <laughs> also, even more important, well, actually, no. Secondly, as an important, go on iTunes, subscribe to us, please. Yeah. Put in keys, yes, put in late, find us out, press the subscribe button. It really helps us. Give us a rating, give us a review. If you don't like what we're saying, let us know. If you've got a problem with uh, we're not some change. of our. Opinions on women. Hey, look. Talk to Al. You know him directly. <laughs> All right. Just kidding. Um, you'll be able to email us sooner at a more proprietary email address. But for now, we are Tessellate. Two S's, two L's. At Outlook.com with any questions, with any conversation topics, anything you want to chat about, any problems you got with us. And please, like, if, uh, if you can follow us at We Are Tessellate on Twitter and on Instagram and on all that good stuff. Um, you can see our video content on YouTube. If you just type in Tessellate. Um, and please, just honestly, if, we, if, if you follow us on Twitter or something, really do take the time to retweet us um, because it helps us out. It really does. And um, next week we have Guy Lodge on the show. Just kidding. No, we don't. It's a personal dream. Guy Lodge, if you're listening, please come hang out. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If you are listening to this, tweet, what's Guy Lodge's Twitter address? At Guy Lodge. Or is it just at Guy Lodge? Yeah, yeah. G-U-Y-L-O-D-G-E. <laughs> that it? L-O-D-G Tweet yeah. at Guy Lodge And tell him to come On the We Are Tessellate podcast You want to tweet at Guy Lodge And then at We Are Tessellate Two S's two L's I'm like We'd be so scared to meet him though <laughs> To say We want us, we want you on this We want, we want, Actually, we want your input Actually He's based in London What? Yep Oh well, I'm back in London In like Variety a month. Observer 
Two rights for Variety, Observer, and he's based in London. I'm back in London in a month. There you go. So it can be arranged. It will be your mission It'll be arranged. to unlodge the lodge. <laughs> so just let him know. Bully him until he cries and comes on our podcast. Right. That's the only way I get these two fellas on. Thank you for listening to us. We appreciate it. Sorry if we still overran even without the quiz. But hey, what are you going to do? Uh, it's, our, it's our time. Shit got real. It's our time. Today. You can stop listening if you want. No one's making Change it. Change your taste. Uh, you can follow me change at you, Mr. You. Al White on everything. My website's Mr. Al White. My Twitter's Mr. Al White. My Instagram's Mr. Al White. And if you want to play me on video games, I'm Mr. Al White on both PSN and Xbox Live. Alex. Uh, you can tweet me at Alexander Chard. You can find me on Xbox or a PS PlayStation thing. I'm still new to that one. <laughs> uh, my my um, gamer name is Rainbow Chard. All one word. Like the fish. Like the vegetable. Check me out at, at Nathan Hertz at twitter.com. Changu test. Changu. <laughs> the dirty smile you're doing is awesome. We don't know what your Xbox title is yet because you. Yeah, I think it's something like Forrest Gumpin. We don't know. We'll Changu test. We'll figure it out. Um, yeah, and if I get hungry this week, is there anywhere I should go? I can't think of a single place. Excellent. All right, guys, thanks for the show. Geeks! Geeks! Geeks!